You know if you uh, go to vacation over the weekend and you forgot to take your garbage out? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what the garbage starts to smell like. Yeah. It, it tastes like the way garbage Don't sniff smells. it. Just do it. Don't sniff it. Just do it. I don't know if you know what that was, Taylor. Nah, I, I really, I'm just confused. Um, is so, what's happening? So, I, I, if you're not aware, um, you are now the co-host of You Watch, I Listen. I've, I haven't been aware um, this so entire time. You were not Am part I? of Don't Sniff It, Just Do It, um, but you know what it is. And I figured it wouldn't be a great transition to go right from, you know, changing hosts and then the theme song. I think it needs to be like a, a smooth transition where people get used to you. Yeah. And well, then I we mean, put your... <laughs> that would be nice. So, we put your flavor into it, and by putting your flavor into it... Um, I mean, Lobo Sound made us a brand new theme song, which I am absolutely in love with. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and this will be your first time, our listeners, hearing the new theme song from Lobo Sound. And I might as well get the plug out of the way. Uh, LoboSound.com. If you have a podcast, a product you need to advertise, uh, go to LoboSound.com. They do unbelievable work. They have an idea of what you're looking for just by listening a little bit to what you do. They can figure it out because they're that talented. So without further ado or further to say, I'm an asshole. Uh, here, to do. here is the new theme song of you watch i listen attention this is a matter of national security after a meteorite crashed into the new jersey turnpike the following digital audio transmission from the you watch i listen podcast was intercepted by nasa scientists in the year 2019 the you watch i listen podcast is about to start sit down listen close and try not to die the you watch i listen podcast starts now Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, take it out, take it out. A couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it, nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, take it out, take it Dude, out. Now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. Yeah, he had the right idea. It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. And there it is, the brand new theme song for You Watch I Listen from the guys at Lobo Sound. The Sick. Go, I'm, I really do like it. Uh, we were um, Vince was sending us some really funny clips like leading up, and I'm just like, oh my god, this thing is going to be a banger. Yeah, absolutely So, ridiculous. sure enough, he um, we gave him an idea. I gave him an idea of uh, using Thrice's silhouette as like a template of like the sound I wanted to yeah, build that, up. Yeah, that that, that's, that's, that's a great... <laughs> that's good. I mean, it's sick. Exactly, and he's shredding on guitar. Um, so, yeah, thanks again to the guys at Lobo Sound. I'll go ahead and get 
get our plugs out of the way. Yep. Um, I'll take care of them today. So you already heard from the guys at Lobo Sound. Uh, next one I want to give a shout out to is the hashtag Shots for Legs podcast. If you'd like to relax, crack yourself a beer, use some medical marijuana, or violently abuse hard liquor, you're missing out on your new favorite podcast. From drunken stories to video games, sports, uh, Fudge and Finn are going to blow your friggin' mind hole with the hashtag Shots for Likes podcast. Chances are you may not have you may have fast forwarded through our recent ads on other podcasts or streams you enjoy, but we aren't going anywhere. May as well head to iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher to immediately subscribe and join in on the drunken fun. We promise you that if you are listening with us while drinking, you are not. It is not considered drinking alone. Visit shotsforlikespodcast.com to choose your favorite listening platform and follow them on all forms of social media. Drink with us and don't be cunts. So uh, again, we were on with uh, Shots for Likes a couple weeks ago. Had a great time. Uh, make sure you go check them out. And the next ad is from our buddies at the Corner House Chronicles Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm John. And I'm Jason. We invite you to listen to the Corner House Chronicles. Where we like to find and discuss interesting stories from around the globe. We sample and review a different Michigan craft beer on each episode. And we also feature a guest from time to time to share their stories with you. You can find us at chcpodcast.com, where we have links to all of our social media pages. As well as links to all your preferred podcast streaming platforms. It's kind of like overhearing a conversation that was meant for you. It's just different enough. <laughs> All right, and we're back. And uh, again, thank you to Lobo Sound, Hashtag Shots for Likes Podcast, and the guys at the Cro- Corner House Chronicles. Uh, shout out to the Robin Slim Show. Homies. Um, yeah, I was on with them a couple weeks ago. They got Bobo on this week. Uh, I was happy to set that up for them because Bobo is a good friend of ours. Um, so how was everyone's week, uh, I, Taylor? I had, a, I had a very rough week, and uh, I'm hurting right now because of it. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I don't envy you currently. Be- between work. I, mean, I don't usually envy you, but right now I especially don't envy I you. I mean, like, between work i'm technically still working right now and uh on top of just you know i, I went out last night we went out, i went out with uh with my girl and her friends and everything like that so i had a good time where'd Except you guys we, go we went to this place called humdingers in, in paramus okay. it's a fucking stupid name and uh they're like oh let's go bowling okay cool so we get there and it's yeah, like it's a fucking sure. two-hour wait to go bowling what the fuck it's like i don't want a two-hour wait for when i want dinner dude <laughs> dude it, it was a byob and I, I show up with a 24 pack of corona for everyone okay and uh I'm, how many dude, people is everyone because 24 isn't that much if you have 10 people two, no two four six <laughs> six, six okay. counting me and my me and okay. my girl and we fucking i walk in there i got, I'm, I got a 24 pack of corona i walk in and there's kids running around everywhere oh cool and you I'm should like, have thrown a bottle at one of their I heads look like just such a jerk off and then yeah. they're like well it's two hour wait we're not gonna do it i'm like all right cool now they got batting cages oh so I'm, so I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll do the batting Drunken cages. batting cages. I want to do like uh, Happy Gilmore and just stand in front of him with, <laughs> my, with my dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I would just take it right in the balls. Nah. So uh, we went and did that, and then that was that was kind of fun. But we didn't. We threw the beer back in the car, and then we ended okay. up going to like this Indian restaurant in Westwood. Okay. It was pretty. Eh, I probably wouldn't eat there again. It's just don't I don't look I, at the questions, I'm Josh. N- I'm not a fan of that type of food. So. No, I, Indian food. Um, I I am a fan of it if I like having my asshole on fire for days. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and. Uh, the, the way they, they everything is just cooked with so much spice. There is some decent Indian food. I've had some decent Indian meals, but I don't want Indian food. I don't want Thai food. I can't nah. eat Thai food. It fucks my stomach like, up. Like, uh, like the food I had, like they brought me, like they brought you like this little cauldron full of like curry and like lamb, and then oh, they give you. Another, I like lamb. Yeah, no, it was not. I yeah, like lamb. I like and, lamb. 
and they Lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> another Big Daddy reference. What spaghetti and meatball? Yeah. Maybe better analogy. And uh, and they give you the rice, and then they like they, you have to make your plate. So I made a joke. I don't want to make anything when I go to a restaurant. Make my shit, bitches. The first thing I said, and it's a Bill Burr bit, but I was like, oh what did it, did, did I leave my apron at home? Yeah, I, why do I, I, I want to go somewhere and I, make my plate? I should have che- checked the schedule. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know I was working tonight to make my own fucking plate. Yeah, that's, plate. that's absurd. But other than that, you know, that was a good time. Then we ended up at the OL, Old Faithful uh, OL. Nice. Josh, and, how, uh, Josh was, how was your week? Uh, my week was solid. Uh, no one cares. Really, uh, uh, that's true. Thank you. That, that's actually true. <laughs> I'm sorry. Littering I'm sorry. end. Um, so you know who we, uh, all of us, no matter how bad our weeks were, we definitely had a better week than uh, Jesse Smollett from... Uh, that um, that so, is so... So oh I've actually, um, I wanted to talk about this for a while, but I felt it was um, not appropriate until the actual details of what happened, because the, the story was fishy from the beginning. Like, I'm sorry, I, I hear about a lot of violence in the Chicago area, and it's never involving uh, white nationalists or Nazis or the Klan. It's usually from another race. So this guy on Empire, um, everyone's got to be familiar with the story now. Um, he claimed, like, was it a month and a half ago, that he was attacked by uh, two guys wearing Make America Great Again hats, um, chant- chanting uh, racial things. This is MAGA country. He claimed he was assaulted. Um, but it all sounded fishy from the beginning. And sure enough, it came out this week that he paid two Nigerian brothers to stage this attack because he sa- apparently he sent out a, himself a hate letter a couple months back okay. and he was mad that it didn't get more attention so he staged this and it was all in the idea of getting more pay for the show right guy made $65,000 an episode and you, you want more money and you want more money on one of the most popular terrible shows on TV dude you're, you're making like a, a good livable wage by a normal person in this country some people per are happy episode. to make some people are happy to make $65,000 a year that, and he's getting it per episode so in the dummy he's he, he stages this stupid thing to begin with and then he leave, writes a check to pay the guys. <laughs> like, to leave a paper trail. That's why when Jerry Springer, before he had the show, when he was a mayor, he had to resign because he wrote a check to a prostitute and they traced it. You don't leave a paper trail, yes, uh, stupid. And this asshole, this absolute scumbag, should of, go to prison. What kind of hooker takes check? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Usually you just swipe your debit in their slit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if it's the card chip, you just put it in their butthole. Uh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, how much for a good time, honey? Well, I only take traveler's yeah, checks. Yeah, traveler's checks. Fuck Take, do here. you take money order? Yeah. My, do you take my food stamps card? I'm hey, eating fish. Can you do me a favor? Follow me. Just follow me down the street to a Best Western so I can yeah, cash this check. Exactly. Yeah. F- yeah. Money, yeah. Fucking and credit. You so the, the thing that the thing that's the most sickening is um, Best so Western many of these hate fucking. hate crimes, quote unquote, have been proven to be hoaxes. So when one actually does happen. There's so much ammo to say. Oh, this is probably fake. Well, wasn't there the other one with like the with like the the, the Native American and like the kid yeah that the one was hat? another one. the the problem The problem here is the media likes taking these stories and running with it and twisting a narrative because it fits everyone's confirmation bias instantly. Absolutely, because they think these things are happening like rampantly across the country. My are they problem with the media on stuff like this? Is every time I've seen this Jussie Smollett thing this uh-huh. week, you've seen the word. Alleged. Alleged, Alleged in front yeah. Of it. Alleged, yeah. And uh, I think it's one... Neat, of, it's a neat little trick. Do you want to know what I think the biggest problem is, though, with uh, the media and people? Because I saw so many people share this story when it broke as, quote-unquote, a hate crime. Those same people that were sharing it are not sharing what actually happened now because it doesn't fit their narrative and fit their confirmation bias. Of course not. I think what has happened is the media has completely made being a victim cool. 
like be, vic, being a victim in today's society is better than being a hero. That you hear is more so about sad, you, you hear more about victims. Yeah, right. you hear more about victims than you do heroes like Joe Lazito. Yeah, like as, that was a national story, which, which but, is sad. I've heard more about Jesse Smollett than I have yeah, about Joe Lazito exactly. in the last fucking couple. And of years. so they're they're completely twisting this. But again, being a victim is popular, and when someone's offended, we act like they're the five people being offended by something is the majority when more often than not they're the minority. Also, wait, 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 what the what, what's what show is this guy on? Is it Billions? Empire. 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 That's what it With is. That scumbag Terrence Howard. Uh, Terrence Howard, here's another great example of the media Terrence taking Howard. their narrative. I love the movie Hustle and Flow. Fantastic movie. He's great. In, uh, he's been great in a bunch of movies, but he is a habitual domestic abuser that the media ignores. They never bring it up. If it was some old white guy that did domestic violence like 25 years ago, they would act like he's still beating women even if he, like, if it came out that, um, what's his name, uh, Kirk Douglas beat women in the 60s. Oh, Jesus. He's 102. They would completely say, oh, this old guy should die. But Terrence Howard, who beats women regularly, he gets a pass, and I wonder why. But I'll tell you who else we're having a better week then. What, Robert that? Kraft. Yeah, The absolutely. owner of the New England Patriots busted in this um, human trafficking ring for soliciting prostitution. Um, and the, the story is actually pretty sick. Like, what was actually going on there? It wasn't just like a whorehouse. It well, was. It was. Uh, they were basically sex slaves. Well, I, I was going to say. I, I read an interesting thread. Now, granted, it's on Reddit, so I take it very much with a grain of salt. Where apparently, where uh, apparently that now Robert Kraft is going to get charged with uh, human trafficking. Well, the, again, th- that is all hearsay. I don't buy it for a, a second until I see well, something. We have to know how much he was actually involved. That's with what it. I mean. It just um, came out like what a couple days ago. It came out yeah, on Friday. It came on out on Friday, Friday when he so, got. Arrested so for, I'm sure for the, the, ne- the next couple days you're gonna you know gonna shed some light on exactly what was going well, on. Well, from what I understand you know? about this place, um, they were promising these women um, U.S. citizenship. But then they were brought there, and they were never allowed to leave. They had to work 365 days a year. Most of the women were seeing upwards of, a, of 1,500 men a year that they were giving some type of sexual pleasure to. 1,500 men. Most of them did not bathe, and the cops said they were mostly in poor hygiene. What the fuck is Robert Kraft worth $6.6 billion, billion doing at a whorehouse like that? Like, that's, that's you're better rough. off getting a high-end escort and paying her to shut up. Like, yeah, like I, I, I feel like that's so much easier. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? And now um, Adam Schefter said that Robert Kraft isn't even the biggest name on this list. The first person I go to, and it's in Jupiter, Florida, is a notorious sex fiend that lives in Jupiter, oh. and that's Tiger Woods. Tigre. I would think he would be the most obvious one. I, you know what? I have no issue if you want to get a prostitute. If, as far as I'm concerned, um, sex for cash should be legal. I think it's an adult's doesn't choice. Bo- doesn't bother Tax me, it properly. Whatever. Look at in Vegas, they have all the the Bunny Ranch and all these whorehouses yeah. where it, they made an, a show on HBO. Yeah, out of exactly. It. Like, and there, you don't see these rampant, violent problems out there. But when you get to the when it's illegal, of course, things like this are going to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's insane. And uh, I mean, Robert Kraft. Some of the jokes were just making me laugh. So I think I said something like, "What do Robert Kraft and Aaron Hernandez have in common? <laughs> they both got arrested for shooting a load into someone's face." <laughs> I, you know. Whenever, whenever you make jokes like that, the part I hate but I love the most, you go, get it? Get it. Do you yeah. get when, it? When you lay it on the get it. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, asshole. So, I mean, just, uh, it's just absurd that Robert Kraft would have to do this. And I, I have a hard time believing he didn't know what was going on because a billionaire right. like him doesn't have, doesn't do things without his people looking into the details. Well, I was going to say, definitely, like, it's it, hard to believe. You don't become a billionaire by not skimming over the details. Of course. You, you, you don't you, do And that. his chauffeur dropped him off. What I really need to say is apparently there's two tapes of him getting sexual pleasure from these sex slaves. Of course you I do. need to see the video. Of course. I want to see anyone Let's fucking Let's go tape. to the tape. Yeah, I need to see. I want to see Robert Kraft's deep dick in game. Yo, he, he, I want to <laughs> see what he's about. That fucking 80-year-old fucking 
hairy, probably gray-haired cock. I need to see it just pounding some flesh. Yo, you you, you, you should uh, commentate it like your John, like your oh John Madden. How will we have hair as a tiny little cock no, going? I would, I would go old school like Howard Cosell, and here comes Robert Kraft with his 80-year-old drooping balls ready to pound that skin. <laughs> just go with that. And Kraft dumps the load on a chest. Down goes Hooker. Down goes Hooker. Now, like, now, now what we have here are a couple pretty-looking ladies yeah. looking like they're going to get their snatched. And Kraft, when he gets a hold of it, he really just pounds it right. Oh, he scores. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, so we had a better week so than a lot. Of, I mean, here's one that Josh has pulled up. Jesse Smollett's alleged hoax will feed bigger hoaxes. Um, I, I, I don't disagree, but I don't agree. Well, I'm like says, 50, well 50 the, the co-headline says, if actor faked the hate crime, he provided fuel for bigoted conspiracy theories. Um, I well, I think what I, I think what it, what is uh, it's kind of what I was saying is if let's say a real hate crime does happen, it's giving the the people that want to say none of this stuff happens more ammo to say it's fake, even if it is real. Did you see uh, Joe Rogan had uh, Donnell Rawlings on yes. this week? Yeah. And he yeah. talked about this, and yeah. that's basically like what what they say. Yeah, right. I mean, you completely uh, it's completely delegitimizes anyone that has a real thing. And Great unfortunately, patch. he's not even the first one that the amount of hoaxes that have come out locally in the city, a Muslim woman said that she was attacked and then she just got a year in prison for lying about it. So Which, which I believe and, you should and, go to jail this, this for is, lying about something like that. Absolutely. You're wasting absolutely. you're wasting valuable resources uh-huh. with police uh, police a, officers. A lot put, of money will be allocated to that shit. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I read an article that said um, in the amount of time that the police spent uh, investigating this hoax, whatever which, you want to call Jesse it, Smollett? yeah, yeah. Uh, that there were uh, upwards of I think twenty six shootings. shootings. Yeah, it, well, One Chicago of which was a baby. Yeah, that's a exactly. Baby was shot. And the that's media terrible. cares more about this asshole. The second it looked a little bit fishy, they should all said maybe we jump the gun here. But no, they don't have the balls to do that. Just like I said, people wouldn't share what actually happened. It's that also, shared when they thought it was a hate crime. It's also a bigger headline. You know well, what I mean? It's it's terrible it, to say it, it like that. It's a course. bigger headline for Jesse Smollett. Than it is that that, oh, that, and, that an infant gets shot. The in Hollywood is going to welcome this terrible. guy. The Hollywood will welcome this guy back with open arms too, because they're going to. Because now Doesn't he's matter. saying, I, "I have a drug addiction. Do you? Yeah. Do uh, you? Now What's he does. Drug, yeah, exactly. Now he does. They have a drug problem. You're mental. Fuck he's de- uh, undoubtedly mentally ill. If he thought this was going to go over and that he had to use a fucking check to do it, and he didn't even look beat up in the pictures. It looked like a fucking ke- like he ran through a pricker bush. Yes. Like, <laughs> what is he doing? You, and I, I think uh, what's his name? Um, Jim Carrey beat himself up more in liar. <laughs> Liar, liar, liar yeah. than Jesse Smollett I'm did by the people. My he- ass. <laughs> um, but but the other thing that um, is driving me nuts is, and if you want to see just how absurd and divided this country is, is after this all is proven to be a hoax, there's people saying, "Well, you know, he probably felt this way because of um, Trump and what he's actually doing." Shut the fuck up! He lied. There's nothing to do with it. No. Shut up. If you feel that victimized by the president and whatever he does, you are a fucking asshole. Should be disregarded. That you have to make stuff up, and it does not. Li- when you lie, everything that you said before that is completely false. Yes. Completely false. L- l- listen, Bill Burr said something very interesting when uh, when Trump was getting elected, and everyone has still had the same feelings, right? It was sure. the, at the end of the world podcast at the Comedy Store, and Bill Burr said to everyone who was anti-Trump or anything else like this, just goes, "Listen, you're gonna go. You're gonna wake up tomorrow. Nothing's gonna change. My life hasn't you're, changed at all. You're gonna go to work, and, you, and your life is gonna continue no. on. Just don't give a shit, and just keep doing what exactly. you're doing. Nothing's gonna fucking change. It's all in your head, and people are looking for sure. reasons to, to 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 go at it's Trump. It's outrage or, culture. It's outrage. People it's, people need to feel important by thinking that their feelings 
make um, actual facts. It, it's absolutely your feelings. That, your feelings have nothing to do with facts and how things actually happen. Yeah, you, and, you have to look at it and you have to look at the facts. That's a thousand percent what you have always. to do and see where and where it, it's coming from and where and it should what? go. And if the facts don't fit how you feel, you shut the fuck up. Yeah, well, pretty listen, simple. Or here's the thing: even if you disagree with the facts, you, you know shut what? the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Or listen, say your piece and say why you, you still think it's fucked up, but don't keep carrying on about it. You absolutely. know what I mean? Be an adult about it. One hundred percent. So we definitely had better weeks than uh, Jesse Smollett and Robert Kraft, but I think we should jump into our reviews from last week and then get into our picks. Um, Josh, you decide who goes first this week. Uh, last week, I went with you, so Taylor, you're Kay. up. Taylor, okay, you got so, Tool, yeah, Enema. You, you gave me Tool, Enema. Now, I, I, you're not going to like what I have to say. Oh, I, you're a cunt. Listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. Instantly um, regret my choice. No. Yeah. So oh. I, I, I want to start off wholeheartedly and say I don't hate the album. But when I was listening to, it was legitimately a chore to listen to, um, and, I, and it's this not. This is a chore to listen to. It's not in any way. It's not in any way saying that it's a bad. It's a bad record. It's just something that I personally would not go out of my way and listen to. I definitely under. I definitely understand the appeal of Tool, and I see exactly where the fandom comes from, and I also see how Maynard is such a scatterbrained. Uh, person in general because that's that translates into the music. Sure. But I will say um, very much so what you said about the drums and the bass oh, taking lead. It's ridiculous. It is very cool. It's the very mu- different and I can appreciate yeah. that. You know what I mean? What, I said that you can't find a band that sounds like Tool. No, is not, not at one. all. Not even close. But I, I just don't like that whole sound. Like like it, it reminds me very much of like Nine Inch Nails prog rock kind of kind of sound and it's not necessarily my thing, I guess you could say. Um, also, I, I like Maynard's voice better in a perfect circle than I do that's Tool. More, perfect circle is more melodic. That's that's, that's kind yeah. of, but like when when Maynard goes in some songs, oh, he fucking goes, like and I could appreciate his, his that. His voice on the song Enema, mm-hmm. yeah. that song is one of my favorites on there because how it breaks down and um, yeah. and the same thing. Each song, like I said, it's like three songs in one with the breakdowns. Well, it, I was gonna say because I ended up looking, even though you sent me the you sent me the thing on yeah. uh, on Google Drive, but I ended up looking. I ended up doing it on YouTube, and sure. it gave me all the different like time signatures and everything. Yeah, it's crazy. So like, I'm like the, the from the 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 second to last song to the last song. It's a the video on YouTube is like a mi- an hour and seventeen minutes, and at a, uh, an hour and three minutes to an hour seventeen. So the last song is like fifteen minutes. Yeah, long. yeah. There, there's some songs like um, I think the album opens with a banger and Stink Fist, and that, yeah, that song fucking rips. Stink Fist, Eulogy, Eulogy, H, Useful Idiot, which is probably my favorite <laughs> song on the album. Oh, really? Nice. That's For, an interesting one yeah, to pick. Forty six and two. Message to Harry uh, Man. That back. fucking voicemail, the guy cursing him out. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> so uh, funny. Hooker with a penis was definitely a good bop. Oh, know? it fucking it's an angry um, song. Like that's a song when they yeah. pl- do concerts, the crowd fucking goes crazy. I can imagine. And yeah. then the intermission was actually pretty weird with like the carnival sounding in, in yeah. between. So that was pretty cool. Jimmy was sweet. Um, Jimmy would really interesting about Jimmy. That's a song about when because um, he mentions eleven throughout the song. Yeah, his mother was um uh, had a condition and she ended up paralyzed when he was eleven years old and. And right. he was went by the name Jimmy when he was a kid, Maynard James Keenan. Right. So it's about how his life changed after that happened to his mom for the worse. Right. That's what that whole. And you look at the lyrics, you're like, oh, I get it. Right. The, the song challenges the um the ideas of when you deal with a tragedy, questioning your religion and your faith. It challenges um your your sexuality and like what if if your taboo and your things that you like are normal. Yeah. Um, it challenges a lot of the the stereotypes that people fit into and makes you question certain things. Yeah. No. For sure. And like I said, I. I no way am disrespecting the record. I just said this is clearly one of the 
ones where I just don't when, get it. I don't. I don't. When I say I don't care, I, for lack of a better term, it's just that it nothing grabbed me. You know what I mean? There was not one point in time where I was captivated throughout the record. Not I, e- like see, like when I hear eulogy, like the idea. Uh, yeah, um, we're going to taylorsucks.com. <laughs> I think I might buy that domain. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but, but anyway, like I said, like I, I said, mean, with it, eulogy, the idea of someone reading their own eulogy, which is kind of twisted. If you think I mean, about it. I think a lot of people that when they hear like really listen to Tool, it takes them a little while to get it, and that yeah. could be the case. Like one of those for things sure. when you hear it, you're like, oh, I get it now. Right. Because for me, like I hear certain songs when I hear like Enema and that build up where it goes mm-hmm. and then it slows down. It, it is a nice crescendo to yeah. start the song. I mean, off. The, I the time like signatures, they're one of, if not the tightest band that you'll hear, period. You, you have to be that tight. Oh, if I mean, you want to play that type when you of music. Hear that drumming and, and, yeah. and like I said, the bass taking well, the lead. Th- th- there's actually been a few times I was listening when I listened to a couple songs where the drum was actually the yeah. lead. You know what oh, I mean? He's and an that was unbelievable drummer. And, and one like of I, the best you'll ever hear. And I'm pretty sure, I think I mentioned it last week, but these these guys are like trained classical oh, yeah, they're, musicians. They're, they're unbelievable musicians. Right, like it, they went to Juilliard and yeah, shit. Yeah. So, I, I mean, if I had to rank this album, I, again, I, I'd be doing myself a disservice if I go anything lower than a seven, so that's where I'll stick okay. that, is a seven. Again, just not my thing, but I understand the appeal and I get it and I get the fandom behind it. So. Okay. And I... I, I I could see how Maynard is so scatterbrained because you could tell from the he's music a, how he's thinking. Dude, he's a he's crazy... He's all over the fucking dude, place. Dude, the guy owns his own winery. He's a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's one of the most fascinating people you'll ever I, come across. I, I love... I love people that are multifaceted in all yeah, different aspects of different things. You know what I mean? Because people can be so into their bands, and then that's that yeah. defines them. And Maynard's like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to yeah. go do this. And I think that's also very uh, inspiring and admirable sure, to sure. do all at the exactly. same time. But 7 out of 10 for Tools okay. Anima, just not my thing. And you gave me the movie from World War Two. Yes, um, I way, did. Way out west. I, I actually, I did a little research into... I, I, I know Laurel and Hardy. I think everyone's seen some of their sketches. It's kind of like, how do you miss the Three Stooges or Abbott and Costello thing? It's some point first, in your life. Dude. Yeah, Everyone exactly. Knows it. Well, you Every, when you have a conversation with someone and it's like getting confusing, the story, oh, who's on first every time? And Laurel and know. Hardy have Third that kind base. of following. So um, Laurel and Hardy in 30 years, they were in 106 movies. I that knew, is I knew fucking it was absur- crazy. I knew it was an absurd number. So I know um, for you sure. gave me Way Out West, uh, which is one of their most famous and most popular. It's always considered like in their top three of films. Uh, one of the first things I could say about it, it's only an hour and seven minutes long, which is cool. So I was able to watch it twice. Um, now, first off, Oliver Hardy, uh, all Laurel and Hardy blew up at the right time because uh, Oliver Hardy had the Hitler mustache. Yeah, <laughs> he was rocking that, and uh, he might have been the, one of the last famous people to do it until Michael Jordan tried bringing it back a few years ago in Haynes commercials. Oh my God, he was yeah, rocking right. a Hitler mustache. Um, so no more bacon, Oliver Nick. Hardy uh, was great. Um, uh, the chemistry between these guys, it, you don't really see this in films and TV anymore, where two guys feed off each other perfectly, um, from the body language to the the just regular chemistry of the physical comedy they did. And to be fair, this is very slapstick. It was the early days of slapstick comedy when mm-hmm. this is all it was. It kind of almost plays like a live action, like watching a Looney Tunes sketch. Oh, it really With the does, physicality yeah. between them, the famous dance. Um, Hardy is fucking hilarious. Like, the whole premise of the movie is they have to give this deed to this woman to uh, a gold mine because her father died and the people that... Um, are her employers lie and say it's for someone else so they can get the money to the gold mine um, and they're not supposed to tell anyone why they're there and instantly Hardy's like oh well you see her father died so he gives <laughs> yeah, it away like, gets, instantly yeah. like little things and then Hardy um, Hardy sitting down or no um, yeah no Oliver Hardy sitting down and the Laurel comes and sits on his lap like yeah. he's like get out of here I, I, I love when he's trying to fix like just a funny little get like he's trying to fix his shoe and the guy's like this this meat is hard as rubber and he's got a he's got a yeah. hole in the bottom of his shoe yes. so he sticks it in his shoe he goes to put out a cigar at one point 
toy and he steps on it and there's a big hole in his shoe. He's like, ow! <laughs> um, well, one of my favorite running gags in that whole movie is when, like, hey, do you have a light and no one has any matches? And then after a while, the guy just starts flicking his thumb and he lights it with his yeah, thumb. Just so it with I, his I thumb. think it was, uh, was it, uh, who's, who's, who's the fatter one? I forget his name. That's Oliver Hardy. Oliver Hardy. And he's trying to do it the whole movie and then he's like, all right, oh, I got it. And he does it once and he's like, oh, cool. Oh, sorry, I did Stan it. Laurel's the skinny one. Uh, uh, yeah, Stan Laurel's the skinny I, one. I can never, I can never I remember think. who Wait, is Google who. quick, who's the fat one? Type in Stan Laurel. <laughs> who's Type in Stan Laurel first. Who's the fat one? Stan Laurel. I got to remember. Stan Laurel oh, Stan was, a, Laurel's skinny was a skinny one. one. Yeah, yeah Lo- so hardy. So, yeah, Laurel was cracking me up in the movie because um, the, the famous dance scene is one of the most iconic scenes um, in film. It still holds up. Um, and to be fair, I can understand why people wouldn't appreciate this. Um, I mean, I grew up watching a lot of Abbott and Costello and Three Stooges. Well, this is the one I didn't watch as much. Th- that, that's but the same thing I was me. able to put myself in the, the time period to understand that the truth is good comedy, no matter the type of comedy, no, should hold... It's you watch I Listen 1932. Yeah, 1932, yeah. It really is. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, I'm not that fat, you fuck. But, uh, <laughs> To, no, uh-uh, no. Okay. Well, I bet you I could outrun him because he's dead. Well, yeah, I mean it's true, and even then you might end up dead after. Yeah, um, that's fine. So there were like certain things when he's trying to get he's trying to give the locket to the girl, and he has to just like take off all his clothes. <laughs> it's like five minutes of him just taking off articles of clothing. Um, the song when they start singing at the bar, uh-huh. really funny. Um, let me see when uh, Hardy gets bopped on the head and he starts singing very high pitch. <laughs> yeah. It's really silly. Hardy's also a little bitch because he's trying to get away with the deed, uh-huh. and he just starts getting tickled and overpowered by a woman yeah, for and sure. laughing hysterically. So I think that um, this is obviously a product of its time. Something like this came out now, it would get critically panned. For but sure. the fact that, you know, if you can put yourself in that time setting, and the, the thing that works is that they, they're constantly playing like the, the old school you, sounding piano music throughout, so it kind of fits. You, you, but, know, you know what they remind me of? It's like, it, like this is dead like... Dead guys? <laughs> no, it's like, I, I see a lot of like how Penn and Teller are from yes, these guys. Those, I was going to say, the only guys I can think of in recent memory that had this type of chemistry are Penn and Teller. 100%. Um, it was very similar. Um, so while I can't say it's something I'm ever going to put on again, I can say if it's something that it's on and they play Laurel and Hardy stuff like around Christmas time all the time, I would absolutely watch it. I found myself charmed by the movie. I found myself enjoying myself uh, watching it, and uh, it was a very easy watch. So you know, if I'm grading it as like a fucking it's supposed to be like a, an Oscar piece, it's a fucking two. But if I'm grading it on entertainment factor, it's like an eight out of ten. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed Way Out West. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoy going back and watching this old school comedy sometimes to see what was what is uh, still provides inspiration for numerous com- comedians and comedic actors to this day um, without the success of Laurel and Hardy you wouldn't have your guys like Chris Farley um, these physical comedic actors um, I mean they were doing physical comedy before it was the, the norm I mean Charlie Chaplin was like the first but these guys kept it going as a duo so I'll give this uh, an 8 out of 10 just based on pure entertainment Sick. factor so let's go into our picks um, I guess I'll give you mine first yes sir. Um, so tonight um, are the Oscars and best pictures up and I want to give you a movie that is nominated that is now available to stream. Um, I told you about this movie. It was my favorite movie last year besides Hereditary, starring Viggo Mortensen. I was Green hoping. Book. I was, um, I, honestly, I'm not even joking. On the way up here, I yeah, was like, I hope I'm, he gives I'm me Green Book. With, I just saw I, it on I, iTunes. I thought about going with an older movie. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with Green Book. Um, in my opinion, this should win Best Picture tonight of all the movies nominated. Um, it, it's uh, you know, uh, The thing that I love about it is that it's supposed to be like this uplifting movie, and it pissed off liberals so much because they actually speak like they did back in those days when people just used racial terms loosely because there wasn't this you know, not that they're to say that people should be using it now, but it was just a normal thing back then. It was a product of and the time people, period, and so people would rather. Erase, so 
it, it felt very authentic in uh, in its timepiece. Uh, Vigo is obviously the man. Uh, Mashahar, how do you say his name? Uh, Mashar. No, no, it, it's, it's I think Mahershala. 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 Mahershala Ali is amazing. Ma- Ma- Mahershala. He he should win Best Supporting Actor tonight. He probably will. Um, the music in it's great. It's a very funny movie directed by one of the Farley brothers. Um, I, I like I said, I love this movie. I watched it twice in one weekend when I was able to. Um, everyone I know that's seen it loved it. Doesn't drag on. The cast is great. Um, even that asshole comedian that I think stinks, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, has a small part in it, and he's really good. You, he, you, 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 do, you, do you both not like him? Oh, he sucks. No, it's. I don't think he sucks. It's just like. See, you want to know why he no, doesn't it, suck to you? You didn't grow up in an Italian family. I, I agree. No, like I said, like I, I don't pay attention to his comedy per se. Like that's something like his newest special I put on in the background if I'm like playing Crackdown or something. I can't listen to him for the same reason that I can't watch. Kevin Hart stand up. Okay, it's, that's it's fair. just it's just yeah. yelling. And, and that's no, the thing, that's like being fair. from an Italian family, he's just saying things that I know are true very loud. That's all <laughs> it is. And what's crazy is that asshole only sells out like in the New York, New Jersey area. Right. Dude, he was playing a show in Chicago this weekend. Seats that went for, had a $95 face value on them were selling for five bucks on Friday because he doesn't sell out anywhere else. Yeah. He's, yeah. But he's good in the movie. It's a small part. He plays uh, Vigo's brother in it. Small part. Um, I really love this movie. It made me laugh. In the first 20 minutes of the movie, Vigo's in a hot dog eating contest. How could I not love this movie? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So my pick for the week is Green Book. And what is your album pick for the week? Cool. And then I have a surprise. All right, cool. I, I like I, I like surprises. So what's your album? So last last week it was actually our 40th episode, and I tried sure. to, I did a poll on on Twitter to <laughs> say <pool>. what <laughs> what um <laughs> thanks dude what uh, <laughs> what uh, genre of album I should give Dan, and then immediately following Hey You Dingus, it's the 40th. You give me a movie, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was so the, from from dingus. that yeah from that um uh, from that poll I was given hip hop. So okay. now I want to give you an album by a guy that you probably wouldn't like. But okay. this is one of his earlier releases. Sure. I'm gonna give you Logic's album Under Pressure. Um th- this is probably this is one of his first records that came out and this is probably his his best. Logic has that old school flow. It, it's kind of the same theme of hip hop that I stick on, like a Joey Badass and Earl Sweat. Yeah, yeah, I got you. A joiner Lucas. I think I know what I'm in store for. I've heard yeah. some logic and what I've heard isn't terrible. I don't think I, I just didn't run deep with it. Yeah, no, for sure. And like I said, it's it's a very it's the same thing with tw- uh, not the same thing but sure. it's the same like either you love it or you don't sure. or it takes a while to p- uh, pick mm-hmm. up on it but he's a very uplifting guy he very much tries to inspire people and with the whole racial stuff because he's biracial he had a black mm-hmm. he had a black father and a white mother I'm biracial so he's um, he's <laughs> He's lyrically talented. It's sure. it's one of the best hip hop records I've heard in a very long time. Okay. So, Logic's Under Pressure is my pick cool. for this week. All right. So my surprise for you. Um, this is actually going to be called the Landlord Challenge. Uh, the landlord issued a challenge. Okay. Um, so we were um, we went out last night and we came back and uh, I took my medicine. She was drinking, so I, we were like both in a good spot. We were like listening to music that uh, meant something to us, and she was telling me about one of her favorite albums ever. And it's from a band that I can't say I love, but they have some stuff that's decent. I've seen them live with her. Um, and I think that because she is the landlord, slumlord, whatever, um, <laughs> she should be able to issue challenges to us whenever she wants movie or film. Um, so um, she asked us to do, listen to Third Eye Blind's debut self-titled album. Okay. Um, so I'm going to listen to it. She said it's one of her top ten favorite albums. So we're going to listen to Third Eye Blind's debut album. So, so yeah, the landlord challenge is set. Um, and uh, unfortunately, Taylor had to step away quick because he's on a, a business call. So Josh and I are yeah, going to talk yeah, for a minute. Um, Josh, while we're waiting, um, pull up the Oscar nominees for tonight. Let's just pull up Oscar nominations. I'd like to talk about that for a minute because I just gave him the best picture, by the way. Uh, 
Oh, fuck you, dude. Oh, that was me. That was rough. I just beefed yeah, pretty hard. Um, so, yeah, I want to see the Oscar nominations. Uh, very excited. In just about uh, 45 minutes, Dr. Steve from the Opie and Anthony show, Weird Medicine, uh, is calling in. So we're going to talk to him. So I just want to talk about the Oscar nominees quick and just give my predictions. I've seen sure. way more than you guys have. So let's see them. Oh, dude. That, oh, that, that was me. That was written? me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's rough, dude. It smells like I, a can of tuna fish I was, threw up. I was, I was walking through ShopRite and just beefing this morning. Oh, my just God. Just staining the Yo, whole store. Dude, I ripped ass in the bar last night. <laughs> and I was blaming on your girlfriend? No. <laughs> no, but I remember very vividly, like, one of like one of her friend's uh, husbands goes, who the fuck shit his pants? Okay, so... <laughs> that would be me. Yeah, me. It usually is. Yeah. Uh, fucking dirty underwear. <laughs> um, so, Best Picture Skin nominees. Uh, the best you. the best picture nominees are Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Um, I think Green Book should win, but I think Roma is going to win. That seems to be the prevailing favorite. Well, that, that's what you said a couple weeks yeah. ago, too, because Roma gained a lot of traction. Yeah, like Roma, three, four weeks Roma ago. is... Uh, do, I think they're going to win. I would put an outside shot at Black Klansman because the, it's the Academy and it fits all their narratives. Um, I would oh be shocked God. if uh, if um, Vice won, if A Star is Born won. The only thing that wouldn't be shocking of A Star is Born is because they kind of hosed Bradley Cooper. This might just be like kind of like, hey... Here you now, go. Now, what did they host? Is it Best Director? He got hosed best... on Best Director. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, go to the next one. So my pick is, I think Roma's going to win. Um, actor in a leading role. I think Remy Malek wins for Bohemian Rhapsody. He should. Um, I did not, I've seen everything nominated. It's Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper, Star is Born. Actually, I did not see At Eternity's Gate with Willem Dafoe about Van Gogh. Um, Remy Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody and Viggo Mortensen for Green I'll, Book. I'll, I will always be uh, biased towards Viggo. No yeah, I want to see Viggo win eventually. Yeah. Um, so, But I think Remy Malek wins tonight, and I think the second place so would be Christian Bale. I could definitely see him edging that out. Um, actress in a leading role. I, ha- I so the Mexican whose name I can't pronounce in Roma. Uh, Glenn Close in the wife is probably going to win. Olivia Coleman in the favorite has to be secondary favorite. Um, no I think, pun. Yeah, no, Lady, I, I, Lady I think, Ga- yeah, Lady Gaga just getting nominated. Yeah, I big. mean it's really cool and it's a testament to Bradley Cooper's direction again. Yep. And Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? She was fantastic in that. Um, she she's not going to win. It's going to go to Glenn Close for the wife. I think one hundred percent. Actress in a supporting role. Amy Adams for Vice. Uh, Marina de Tavares another Mexican name I can't pronounce in Roma Regina King and if Beale Street could talk Emma Stone the favorite Rachel Weiss the favorite uh, Regina King is going to win for if Beale Street could talk um, I think without question Ma- Mahshur Hala Ali for Green Book for a supporting actor right. Adam Driver for Black Klansman Sam Elliott for A Star is Born Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me and Sam Rockwell for Vice Ali is the favorite for Green Book but don't count out Richard Grant and Can You Could Ever Forgive Me he seems to be building a uh, momentum that he could definitely edge that out really like Sam Elliott in A Star is He Born. was great in A Star is Born. Yeah. I don't know if it's worthy of winning an Oscar. I don't think Adam Driver is for... He was great in Black Klansman, as bad as the movie was. And Sam Rockwell was great as Bush. And go to directing. Um, directing is Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Uh, Powell Palakowski for Cold War. Uh, Yorgos uh, Lathem... La- Lanthimos uh, for The Favorite Lanthimos. Alfonso Cuaron for Roma Adam McKay for Vice um, I would say that the um, uh, Alfonso Cuaron is going to win for Roma but I, there is some momentum building for Spike Lee and Black Klansman those are the only ones I care about we don't need to go to adapted screenplay I mean I'll be watching tonight I might jump on Facebook Live I decided that I didn't want to do a live show because the Oscars aren't taking themselves seriously so no one else should yeah I agree um, so let's, uh, let's go into some stuff um it was President's Day, um, President's Day this week, right? Yeah, happy birthday, George. You fuck. Um, let's talk about the best movie presidents ever. 
Josh, yes. pull up some lists. Um, obviously, the the most popular one is Bill Pullman and Independence Day. Absolutely. Um, there, there's some. My favorite, personally, is Harrison Ford and Air Force One. That's good. Um, get, get, I off mean, he, get off my plane. <laughs> that that has to be my favorite. Um, so yeah, pull up. Um, worst to best, forty four fake presidents. Okay, I, there, yeah. There's some I could. Um, Morgan Freeman well, being the first black president. Let's what, see. Okay, what, here what we about go. Costner and JFK. Um. Eh, it was whatever. I didn't like JFK. So President Jack Cahill and Escape from L.A. is considered the worst. Keep scrolling through. Let's see. I want to see the ones. Oh, um, what's his name? Scroll down on the black and white one. Uh, President uh, Merkin Muffy and Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Fantastic president. Um, I, Kevin James and Pixels. Yeah, he has to be one of the worst. Um, oh, let's see. Let's keep going here. Keep scrolling. I'll tell you. President McKenzie and first daughter, Michael Keaton. Yeah, um, John Goodman. In the West Wing. We're, I don't want to do TV presidents. Care, only movie still. presidents. Uh, Aaron Eckhart sucks in those fucking Olympus Has Fallen movies. I love those. Yo, what, oh. how great when, when uh, they made us, uh, Greg made us watch it, and we were like, this movie's going to suck ass. And it, it ended up great. being great. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Dude uh, it was awesome. Let's, let's keep... It was so much better than like that White House Down bullshit, because they made those two at the same yeah, time. Yeah, of course. Let's see. Jamie Foxx was the president. Um, president Bobby Roberts in being there. Uh, oh, William Hurt in Vantage Point was actually pretty. I liked Vantage Point. That wasn't a bad flick. Um, let's see what else we got. Jack Neal in Murder at 1600 is a classic one. Oh, shit. President Not Sure. Joe Bowers in Idiocracy. And you have to put Teddy, Terry Crews in Idiocracy up there, too. Fantastic president on film. Um, keep going. Let's see what we got. The American president, Michael Douglas. Fantastic. Um, oh, Chris Rock and Head of State. Hell yeah. That was a funny-ass movie. I like that one. Um, Bernie Mac just shows up and starts punching people in the face. Yeah, Thomas Whitmore on Independence <laughs> Day has to be up there. Um, and I, I James my, Marshall. And yeah, President James Marshall in Air Force One has to be my favorite. Oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. Jack Nicholson in Mars Attacks. Fantastic yeah, movie president. Fantastic really movie president. Um, there was some other you know weird news going on this week. Um, Punisher got canceled. We knew that was going to happen, that unfortunately. That man. That really does. And Josh brought up a point that was, um, unfortunately, they have to wait two years before they can jump on any other platform, because I know Hulu's interested in picking up the shows. Is, is that because of like a contract? Yeah, it's Netflix no, no, no compete clause. Yeah. Yeah. If, it, if it were it's to show up some, somewhere else, Netflix would have to approve it. Yeah, oh, really? I, yeah. I think okay. it's like a two-year like yeah. um, negotiation window where they, oh, okay. they're the only ones that can bring it back, which kind of sucks, because um, Punisher Season 2 was great. Both seasons of Punisher and Daredevil Season 3 were fantastic. Well, I, I I just think it stinks because Daredevil and Punisher were ve- were very good shows outside of like Luke Cage. Jessica Iron Jones Fist. was really good. The first, too. I, I like the first the season. season, but the first season of Jessica I Jones think, was awesome. I really, I the, really think the MCU was really onto something it, with with the Netflix series, and I really think they had something good going on. For but sure, it's just one of those things that just didn't catch on, like the movies. Yeah, I, I don't think it was making uh, as much money as they no, had that, hoped. The thing is, it was their most watched shows. Daredevil That's season what, three and season two, Punisher were the most watched original Netflix series that they had, more right. than Stranger Things even, and then they cancel it and. It doesn't make any sense when you and think Punisher's about Punisher's great. Punisher's dude. awesome. Daredevil's Bur- great. Burnthal is the perfect Punisher. Yeah. It's not even close. And he's such an underrated actor. Oh, he's dude. been he's underrated so for a good. long time now. He was my favorite part of The Walking Dead. He was my favorite. Him and Merle were my two favorites yeah. on the first yeah. two seasons of The Walking Dead. Thir- three seasons, I guess, with Merle. Um, yeah. There was a joke I saw that what do Shane from The Walking Dead and The Punisher have in common? They can't make it past season two. I was <laughs> 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 uh, like, so I'm kind of bummed about that. Um, some cool wrestling news was that D Generation X is getting inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. Deservingly so. Deservingly so, and more deservingly so than the rest is uh, China getting inducted finally. It's. Um, I mean, it, it's, I, I wish she she got inducted by herself. She 
will eventually, but I do think getting in as part it's, of DX first is the good, right. It's a good that's first where step. she debuted. She gave the such eighth an, wonder of the world. Right? She gave such an interesting ninth, uh, ninth wonder because Andre okay. the Giant was the eighth wonder of the world. My bad. Um, so I, I look at it like China gave DX such an interesting angle as well when it was just HBK. Um, Triple H and China. It was such an interesting thing to do. I mean, you got to look at it. Josh and I she were talking. She was talk- his bodyguard, right? Yeah, she was his like, bodyguard. That's pretty cool. And yeah. then she had a really good run as a singles wrestler. She won the Intercontinental title. She was in the first woman in the Royal Rumble, yep. eliminating people. Um, it, it's nice that she'll finally get her day. But we were talking about this, the amount of multiple-time Hall of Famers is going to be now, because mm-hmm. HBK will become a two-time Hall of Famer. Yep, should be. Um, the New Age Outlaw should get in as DX and as their own tag team. Yep. Um, really? Yeah. The, the, oh, New Age Outlaws? No, 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 they, were the, they were the tag uh, team of the 90s in the WWE. Well, I was going to say that whole intro put them over too. You know what I mean? Dude, they, like, how many? They won five championships. Oh, you yeah. didn't um, know, dude? It was it's iconic, and um, I mean, you could argue Billy Gunn could get in as a Hall of Famer on his own as well. Yeah. He was a very good singles competitor. X Pac, you could argue uh, X Pac's going to go in as a member of the NWO as well. I he should, think that yeah. Billy Gunn um, is more deserving by far than the Road Dog of being his own Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Because if you look at what he did as Mr. Ass. After he Billy won the and King Chuck. of the Ring, Billy and Chuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then and just, a Billy was, and Chuck. Yeah, Chuck yeah. Palumbo? I forgot yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. Billy and Chuck was some of the most entertaining Dude, stuff they, they ever did. Did they have a wedding? They were, they were, <laughs> they were gonna. They were gonna. <laughs> yeah, and then they did it with Rico. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's gonna, I mean, but you don't look at it. Is Rick Rude going in as a member of DX? Because he was one of the original members, so he'd be yeah, a he was time. actually. I don't, oh, th- I don't think he would be part of it. I think they're just doing Sean, Triple mm-hmm. H, New Age Outlaws, X Pac China. I'm fine with that. Yeah, like that's that's fine. okay. Because you well, look at it. Rick Rude stands alone by himself. Of course, and he got inducted it, yeah. two years ago, I think it was. Right. And um, when the NWO comes up, X-Pac has to go in as a member, you think. Unless you yeah. do just the original version, which is Hogan, Hall, Nash. Because you got to think, if you well, induct the entire be. NWO, there's some random ones Dennis in there. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, Virgil, <laughs> Virgil Buff Bagwell. Well, Dennis Rodman should go in in the celebrity wing, I would yeah. say, without yeah. question. And so should uh, Carmelone, frankly, because that was huge. That yeah. whole fucking tag team match they had, that was <laughs> With Diamond Dallas Page, who's a celebrity inductee this year? Do you think? There, I mean, how, Cindy Lauper. I mean, mm-hmm. how is she not in yet? What? Cindy Lauper. Yeah, girls just want to have fun. That's she her? was part of the Rock and Wrestling when Wrestle WWF blew up. I she, didn't know nothing. She about was that. on the. She was on the original WrestleMania, the very first WrestleMania. Okay. She was part of the MTV Rock and Wrestling Connection, and she's not. In the, she should have been the first um, celebrity inducted to the Hall of Fame. Frankly, I feel like it's always a crapshoot. The yeah. celebrity thing. Well, yeah, like Kid Rock got in yeah, last Kid year. Rock, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Donald, Donald Trump. Who, who was a celebrity when we went? <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Snoop was Snoop Dogg? Yeah, it was yeah. Snoop Dogg when we went. That was so boring. Because the next day, he did Sasha Banks' entrance at, oh, the, at WrestleMania. Right. Well, I only remember that because just uh, fucking uh, the, the Freebirds, Michael Hayes, yeah. just telling oh, yeah. the funniest fucking stories. Oh, doing stories. the fabulous Freebirds. <laughs> what um what tag team goes in this year? Because they always do a tag team. I think it's the Hart Foundation. Just um, I think it's going to be Nightheart and Bret Hart. Yeah, I think they've been Deserving forever. I mean, but there's other teams that demolition should be in. Yeah. First of all, um, I, I think uh, the rumors of the next two people to get inducted are the Honky Tonk Man, who should have been in a while oh, ago. 100%. And the one that I'm excited about is that Taz is rumored to go in. I hope that the uh, Taz is Man shows up to the ceremony in his Minnesota Zubas. <laughs> Zubas. Um, you look like such a mess at all those wrestling conventions, dude. Every oh, time yeah, they post the Minnesota Vikings Zubas, but Taz getting inducted would be awesome because they're Taz trying to do great. ECW originals yeah. more they often. They really should do. I mean, Taz, Tommy, Sabu. Tommy Dreamer, Sabu will never get in. I know you want, Sab- but I'm no. saying Sabu. You know what? Sabu one. is such a cocksucker, and the amount of I shit he says. We, we, we yeah, know. we went. Yeah, yeah he's we went. Such a cocksucker. He just got banned off 
Twitter again. I, yeah. he, he should be uh, based on. He merit. actually answered me when I said, "Yo, why'd you shit in that hotel room?" <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, so, "No, make make stuff up. Could you use proper fucking English, dude? Come right, on." I got another thing I want to pull up, Josh. You need to pull this up about John Wayne. John Wayne was in the news this week. Taylor, did you hear about this at all? Why was John Wayne's in the news? Um, so Playboy interview. So uh, John Wayne, <laughs> someone pulled up an interview with John Wayne from like nineteen seventy, yeah, nineteen seventy one. Um, the and Duke. So dude. look at the headline. Read that headline, Taylor. I bo- no, I'm not saying Why? that. Why? Just say it. <laughs> I'm not saying that. No, I'm not. Say, you say it. Okay. John Wayne once said, and this is John Wayne's word, I believe, this is John Wayne again, in John Wayne, white John Wayne, supremacy. John so Wayne. So put those together. John Wayne. I did not say that. John Wayne. Um, so so they, someone pulled up, some crybaby liberal pulled up an interview with John Wayne from 1971. Because that's as what if John, John Wayne can be answered to what he said. And it, there was outrage he's when it came out. He's been dead for a while, Yeah, he's right? been dead for a long time. So scroll down. I want to read some of these quotes from here. Um, I'll take care of them since you uh, you clearly can't. All right. Scroll down a little I can. more. Just, just keep scrolling. You're, you're, keep going until I can get some quotes. Okay. The actor described the characters in, uh, in um, uh, Easy Rider and Midnight Cowboy um, with uh, a homophobic slur, then went on to extol the virtues of sexual intercourse between men and women. And this is John Wayne again. I believe in white supremacy, John Wayne said, uh, and spoke harshly about African Americans, saying, we can't all of a sudden get down on our knees and turn everything back over to the leadership of the blacks. Said by John Wayne. John Wayne said this. I don't believe in giving authority, John Wayne said, and positions of leadership and judgment to irresponsible people, he, John Wayne said. John Wayne. Of slavery, John Wayne said he didn't feel any guilt about the U.S. history. I don't feel guilty about the fact that five Yo. or ten generations ago, these people were slaves. It's a little <gasps> little less than five or ten generations. In 1970, it was like two. Dude, that <laughs> it was is, like two yo, generations. I've never heard... This is so gnarly, dude. dude. Like his parents... John Wayne's parents were alive when Lincoln got assassinated. <laughs> like, think about that. So, I don't feel guilty about the, fa- about the fact that five or ten generations ago, these people were slaves, John Wayne said. Now, I'm not condoning slavery, John Wayne said. It's just a fact of life. And like the kid who gets um, infantile paralysis and has to wear braces so he can't play football with the rest of us and he spoke harshly about Native Americans when asked about whether he felt any empathy for them given the certainty many of them played in the westerns he had worked on John Wayne said I don't feel we did any wrong in taking this great country away from them if that's what you're asking Wayne said our so-called stealing of this country from them was just a matter of survival there were great numbers of people who needed new land and the Indians were selfishly trying to keep it for themselves (laughs) John Wayne said all this Um, so keep scrolling there's uh, some worse ones I don't need to see what some of these political pundits had to say so this 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 is gold is what this well, is. Well, here, actually, Whitney Cummings said something pretty good. You guys need to go back to John Wayne to find racist homophobes. Maybe we should discuss, focus on the alive ones. Yeah, yes, thank you. If you were that effect, why did someone have to dig up these old things? It's it's insane. I, what, what is John Wayne possibly going to answer for in 2019? He can't. His family can't. And to think that someone born in 1907 didn't have some quote-unquote radical views um. is absurd. Uh, I just don't understand. Scroll. I, there might be some more. I want to see if they pulled up any of these other ones. Um, let's just see. Because again, what what was anyone possibly proving in nineteen in two thousand nineteen about an interview from nineteen seventy one for about a man born in nineteen oh seven? So knowing that John Wayne really didn't do anything that was that. I mean, he, what he said was absurd, sure, but to think that a man that was born in 1907 that was born in the West or in the South or whatever didn't have some uh, certain views is ridiculous. It's a product of his time period. So, yeah, like, of course. It's not, I'm not condoning it. I, again, that's the that's the big thing. Not condoning it. It's just that's the sure. way it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not to mention, John Wayne's been dead for so long. Exactly. So what's what are you digging up, it up? Unless you're just trying to say, look what I found. I pr- proved that racism was around. Yeah, no shit. This is just another, this is another thing for someone to try to reach out yeah. and grab their 15. I, look what I found. I want 
want to know. Like, uh, if I'm reading all these tweets and getting slightly worried about whether John Wayne is still going to be able to get work. Yeah, Mark right, Harris right. NYC tweeted. That's really funny because what what were you proving? I mean, and I have an issue when anyone digs up tweets from some like they do it to a lot of these co- college athletes now yeah. when they come out to the pros. Well, they pull up tweets from when they were 14 years old and they were just dropping well, rap lyrics. Dude, yeah, one of my favorite ones is Mitchell Trubisky like to kiss titties in college. Yeah, like the that titty kisser. That, that shit's funny. But, but what are you proving by like what what did pulling up this stuff about John Wayne? From 19, people were outraged by this when it came out in 1971. Back then, they were outraged about yeah. it. What are you proving in 2019 other than sh- showing people like, you know, I stand so much against racism that I, I'm mad about racism from 1970. Yeah, like, you're literally just trying to build yourself up to be a better person than you actually are. Exactly. Seriously. It's, and to think that this guy who, you know, he played cowboys, he kind of was an old school cowboy, didn't think this way, you're fooling yourself. It's, and, just, it's just, it's someone reaching for their 15 minutes of because they went for it. And sure Listen, enough, we're given this, I'm not saying the guy that pulled this up because he doesn't deserve the credit for finding an interview that was widely published in 1971 well, about a man born in 1907. Well, especially in Playboy. He, Playboy was a huge John, magazine. This is, how, this is how I can know John Wayne, his views were, like I said, I don't agree with them, obviously, but that he would have these views. He could, if he was alive, he'd be able to tell you what it was like the next day after the Titanic sank. He was able to articulate what the news headlines were like about the Titanic, and I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to think this guy isn't going to have some um, outdated views. Come on. It, it, come it, on. It, it doesn't, it just, it's it's someone being a jerk-off. That, that, that's what I think. Of course, he but, was an old-school cowboy. He I, fucking, drink, drink fucking beer, chew tobacco, dude, it, co- it, like, be, kill some engines. If there's anything... Like, <laughs> If there's anything like it really doesn't bother me at all. Like, I could honestly care less because I, I got so much more important shit. To, there's way to, more important things to talk about and than not that. that. I, I got more important shit going on in my life than worrying well, about why John Wayne was such a fucking speaking racist. Speaking of something important, um, there's uh, someone that is the favorite to play Batman right now. I heard and about he, this. he unfortunately suffers from a terrible condition. He says that he suffers from um, white male privilege. And this is Army Hammer, who is the favorite to play Batman. Ugh. First off... Hollywood's been trying to make Army Hammer happen now for like 10 years. And I know he got nominated for an Oscar last year in that uh, Peach fucking movie, the, Call Me By Your Name. The, the, uh, he st- Lone Ranger, remember when that was supposed to be a thing and it was horrendous? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest box office bombs. I can't think of something with Army Hammer I could say. That was really good. Uh... I, I know I, you don't like the Social Network. I like the Social Network. I think yeah, it's a good I can movie. I can respect the Social Network. I can respect it. He was he was a good actor in the the Call Me by Your Name movie. He was fine. I just is he bat? I mean, he, be, people I, shit on Christian Bale being yeah. Batman when he was cast, so I, maybe he's good. I will say he he has a look to him, sure. and that's about as far as that goes. As far as charisma and depth as an actor, I don't think I don't he has charisma it. though. Like no, action charisma, he has none. Like, I, I don't think he has any of that. No. That's just me. And because like, it, then he comes out and says he suffers from. How do you suffer from any sort of privilege? First off. It, first off, that's not a thing that you can suffer from. Can you benefit from it? That's an argument. Sure. I'm not saying it's you real or not. Real. Yeah, you, you suffer, suffer from depression. You suffer from anxiety. Di- you suffer from diabetes. You suffer from uh, a stump, the flu, pneumonia. You don't suffer from white male privilege. What a tremendous asshole. Like, it's th- that's such a pompous thing to fucking yeah, say. That, it's so pretentious. It, exactly. Fuck out Like, here. how much attention do you need? He, Army Hammer admits to suffering from straight, well, excuse me, straight white male privilege because there is also gay white male privilege, apparently. Um, let's see. Wait, okay, this hold on. Quote. Listen, so he goes, yeah, I mean, there's things all the time that I catch myself doing. Case in point, sitting here with my feet on the table, he told the publication. I mean, like, I'm just being comfortable and relaxed, but, like, there are things all the time that I catch myself doing and think, wait a second, this is white privilege? Oh, shut yeah. up and put your legs on the table! Yeah, I think it is. Look at what I'm doing. Yeesh. That's that's literally yeesh. That's what he fucking said. It doesn't make any sense. That You're just, you're relaxing. Name yeah. me one person who hasn't put said, their like, foot up on a table and said this is white male no, privilege. I, I definitely have had situations. Army where, Hammer did. He's a I'm, fucking 
asshole. I'm at one of my uh, uh, p- friends of color. I'm at their house and I put my feet on the table and they're like, "You racist!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on, this guy's a fucking asshole. That's that, that's, Wait, that's like, the red flag. I like this hammer. Thirty two has played three gay characters during his career. He, he also <laughs> said straight white men don't, who don't act uh, also, who don't act on their privilege can be a threat. Wait, well, a threat to what? Yeah, uh, this guy's an asshole. I like this makes me not want to see any Batman movie with he him. He is literally yeah. being so vague about comments, everything. After these comments, give me Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I would. I give, me Daniel, Pattinson. give me Daniel Radcliffe as Batman. <laughs> I'd be like, in for that. Like, uh, but like, okay, listen. If he says this and he provides some real. Like, like he, he, something. There's nothing plausible. to provide because if if you look at what people consider the definition of straight white male privilege, it's a case by case thing, and it's usually deeper than I put my feet on the fucking table. Well, I was gonna say there's not an umbrella of it's, like red flags that show it, what it, it is. This guy you know what I just, mean? Like he, this guy was trying to look like uh, some kind of like hero to the the cause. Trying to, if he can appear more woke, he's an asshole. Stay right, I have something fun for you, and I'm gonna have Josh play some stuff while we're doing this. Okay. The best and worst cover songs you've ever heard. This is a good one. This is a very uh, good so one. So I'm going to start few. off right away. To me, one of the best cover songs is Alien Ant Farm's Smooth Criminal. I, that stands alone. Dude, that Honestly, song. Honestly, it still holds up. Um, it's that fucking it's, good. The video was really funny. Can we talk about a band that didn't get its, that Dude, didn't get its fucking respect that this, it should have? This Alien Ant album, Farm was so good. This album, Anthology, is so good from it's, the beginning. I mean, the, yeah. the second single after this one, being Movies, is a great fucking song. Dude. But, like, Smooth Criminal fucking rips. Dude, like such the, a, cr- like a great bass I'm a player, huge, too. I'm a huge fan of Michael Jackson's music, but I like this version more. It's... it's it's hard to not like. Josh, honestly, let's just play and pull up some of the best and worst cover songs so, ever. So, outside of this one, like I'm a big fan of the pop goes punk stuff, and there's yeah. a lot of good stuff there. Like I was just listening. Actually, New Found Glory just came out with a new cover. Yeah, I saw. Because I saw. they do um, this from the screen of your stereo, but they do all these different cover records. This is their third one. They just covered Huey Lewis, "The Power of Love." Okay, yeah, yeah, really? I actually listened to it. It's actually pretty good. I yeah, it's it. not bad. And um, uh. Four Year Strong put out an entire '90s cover record. They they covered uh, "Roll to Me" and "Bolt with Butterfly Wings." I hate Five Finger Death Punch's "Bad Company." That's terrible. Let's I, see. I Let's keep going. Uh, "Disturbs that. the Sound of Silence" is awful. Awful. You take this classic, iconic, beautiful everyone, song. Everyone loves this it's cover. It's horrible. I, I, I don't get it. It's horrendous. You know what I mean? I don't get it's it. It's horrendous. Let's, let's I think, see. I think he, ha- he I, should have a good I don't voice. know who Big and Rich are, so oh, it's pass a, them. It's a country duo. Oh, Johnny Cash is hurt. Go ahead. Turn up. Play this in the back now. Just play it right from that link. Like, I love the kid dancing with Michael yeah, Jackson dude. during the video. Sm- Smooth Criminal is one of my favorites, and I love that album. But Johnny Cash's Hurt is such a, a beautiful song. And it, the original is one of my favorites from Nine Inch Nails. And then this version comes out, and it's better. And it, it, Trent Reznor even said, like, I, I, I was so, it was he said it was one of the most proud moments of his life because he goes, I didn't realize when I was 20 years old, I wrote a Johnny Cash song because Johnny Cash made it his own thing and it fits him perfectly. Well, Johnny Cash is, it's, it's. He's such an artist that he oh, can yeah. turn. Not to mention, like it shows us how progressive he is. Because you said it's a Nine Inch Nails song, yes. right? How he was still like relevant. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Listening to music that was out currently at the time. Sure. And that uh, Johnny Cash is one of the is one of the best people in, in the history yeah. of music ever. I think that can't sure. that goes without saying. Now scroll down a little bit for me, Josh. 
This is one I love. Oh, Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah is the definitive is, version of it. This is someone who passed away way too young and had so many great records there was, ahead of him. There was him. an episode that Ralph and I did where we named our like most influential albums, and Jeff Buckley's Grace was on mine because it's one of the most perfect albums I've ever heard in my life. It is. And like um, I said, taken way too young. He, he, right, his best years were ahead of um, him. There is a cover of Rocket Man that I'm a big fan of. If you could play that, Josh. I think you know which version I'm talking about. Yeah, I think um, I do too. So we could play that in the background. This is one of my favorite covers songs ever and I love the original um, Elton John's Rocket Man is an unbelievably amazing song yeah but like um, this one is and then this great. version turns it on its head jump forward a little bit from the the opening so we don't give it away Josh jump forward just a little bit to yeah there let's see, here we go so his uh, this is William Shatner's Rocket Man which <laughs> I it's miss a, it, my wife. Yo, well, seriously, it's it sounds like slam poetry. Is what it does. <laughs> it it just gets better and better. He, but yo, he's just staring. He's like, I got you got a cigarette in his hand. He's like, oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you a cover song I hate, and okay. it's one of my favorite bands. Uh, a Perfect Circle covered Imagine by John Lennon, and it's horrendous. It's a, that's it's a, a hard song to cover. It's a, they turned it this it's supposed to be like this kind of like song about like love and like uplifting yeah, for about, sure. and they turned it into a death march. Like it's a haunting song version. So I really don't like that one. Um, I hate um, Fall Out Boy covered uh, Michael Jackson song, and it's terrible. I I like it just because they had John Mayer play guitar on it, and John Mayer ripped. Oh, that here, guitar here's a good one, a really terrible it. one. Madonna's American Pie was. Awful. Uh, Lenny Kravitz cover of American Woman. That's a good is one. That's incredible. a good one. Um, here's um, another terrible one. Limp Biscuit covering Behind Blue Eyes was awful. I, Limp Biscuit oh, covering anything the Who dude, can fuck co- off. Corn when they did the um, the wall was awful. It's like there's some stuff you just, you just can't cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like if I had to pick another one, I know there's uh, what the fuck was it? Again, the Four Year Strong stuff was amazing, and then there's another cover song. I was trying to think. What the fuck? I just lost it. God damn it. I'm trying to remember um, what the fuck it was. There's uh, another one that I was just thinking of. Um, was a uh, oh, real big fish covering "Take Take on Me" by oh, Aha. Uh-huh. That, that's that a, was great. That's a great cover. Um, the cover of Mad World. Oh, this is probably actually the definitive well, cover song was Jimi Hendrix doing All Along the Watchtower. Yeah. That's the definitive well, one. I was going to say... Uh, Nirvana's Ad- The Man Who Sold the World. Uh, was it... Is it uh, what, uh, Adam Lambert covered... Adam Lambert oh, yeah, covered yeah, yeah, yeah. that. That was awesome, too. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, let me. I'm looking at other uh, cover songs here. Yeah, oh, oh, dude. Marilyn Manson did a great version of Sweet Dreams that I like more than the original. The original, the Marilyn Manson's cover of Sweet Dreams is better than the original. I'll, I'll stick oh, with that one. I'll tell you one that I like. It's a, it's a dark horse. Silverstein covered Kanye's Runaway. That's a killer one. Pretty fucking that's a, cool. That's a killer one. It's just like, it's it's cool hearing that br- that bridge come in and it's an actual like rock song as opposed to like this, that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Oh, this is a good one. Um, Sinead O'Connor cover "Nothing Compares to You," and then Chris Cornell covered it as well. Incredible. Those are both really good. Um, it, even though it's not a cover, but at the end of every Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, there's always that jam at the end. Yeah. And the one year, the most famous one was uh, uh, they all covered "Crossroads" by Cream or Eric Clapton. Yeah, yeah. And um, they had you know on stage they had Chris Cornell, Gary Clark Jr., um, Jeff Beck playing guitar. And all these, and the, the girl from Heart was singing. But then everyone stopped, and then Chris Cornell just got on and just sang one yeah, of the choruses. He everyone. Everyone stopped. Yeah, and watched. It, it was like I got one. Josh. It was so effortless watching Chris Cornell sing. Thrice did a cover of Eleanor Rigby. Did you ever hear That's this, interesting. dude? I love this version because it it, it sound it's thrice and yeah. they put this uh, and Eleanor Rigby I love by uh, the way alone, on a thrice top. such an underrated band yeah I don't know they've how been, they haven't they, gotten bigger they've been underrated forever um I mean thrice to, been to people for that so long. people that love thrice they get it yeah. but when you it took me a while dude this is a, a badass cover 
That is like, we'll, cool. we'll play this a little bit. I mean, I, we have to kind of talk over it, too, because I don't want our stuff getting pulled for playing music. But as right. long as we're talking, it kind of works. No, it does. Um, it's fine. So, dude, this shit it fucking rips. No, that, I mean, like I said, it's the, the, the stuff with the cover songs. I I like hearing bands' interpretations of other music. Mm-hmm. That's, like, one of my favorite things. That's why I like the Pop Goes Punk stuff is stuff I really like. Like, the, there, was a, there was a cover. You guys wouldn't like it, but I kind of dug it. It was this band from France called Chunk No Captain Chunk covered um what was this song? It was actually Smash Mouth Smash Mouth's All Star. <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool. That's a random song. Hey, or then, Smash uh, Mouth did a good cover of uh, Believer by the Monkees. They that's actually, actually did. That's yeah, not a bad cover. It was, uh, it was in the, the first Shrek movie. Yeah, the first pretty Shrek good. movie. And then um, there was another one that was actually terrible. Memphis Mayfire covered Sweater Weather and it was fucking terrible. Oh my Ooh, god, that doesn't sound very no. good. And then, but uh, Four Year Strong covering Smashing Pumpkins, Bolt with Butterfly Wings is pretty fucking. That's a good cool. one. That's a good. Um, oh, uh, they do been, She's So High. There's been covers of. Uh, um, the classic Fleetwood Mac song "Landslide" that had been pretty good. Smashing Pumpkins did a cover that was yeah. really good. The Dixie Chicks did a pretty good cover of Dixie, it. The Dixie Chicks is the one I knew. I mean, about. the Fleetwood Mac version stands on its own. Stevie because it's, Nicks. it's Fleetwood Mac. You can't really touch it. By the it. way, Stevie Nicks still a babe. Yeah. Holy uh, shit! I, the landlord and some friends are going to see Fleetwood Mac in a couple weeks at uh, Prudential. That'll be fun. I, 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 I dipped out on that. Well, I'm not I mean, a, it's I'm fine. Not a huge. I respect Fleetwood Mac. I'm well, not they a huge also fan. kicked out Leslie, who has been the guitar player from Lindsey Buckingham. You mean Lindsey Buckingham? What did I kicked out. I Leslie. Yeah, that's not right. I'm sorry. But yeah, they kicked him out and he's been there since rumors pretty much yeah. Yeah. so I mean, I mean it's hard. I think like covers are really I see you like the albums like the pop goes punk I don't like just straight cover albums usually unless it's like the end of your career because to me it sounds like they're picking they're picking songs that are too recent to cover for me Yeah, there, there's been some that I've dug I like some of the pop goes punk stuff he's in the news for all the wrong reasons right now but Ryan Adams did a cover uh, covered Taylor Swift's most recent album and it was fucking killer because really? it was like an acoustic spin on it Um, it can work but I like when you go back and you cover like old stuff and put your own spin on it, but that can obviously exactly. go terribly wrong as well. No, so, absolutely Josh, do you have not. any cover songs that stand out to you, or for good or bad? Uh, I have a couple of good ones, so um, I'm not, like you, not crazy about uh, cover albums. Yeah. There is one cover album that I love from Which back is to that? Front. It's uh, an album by Between the Buried and Me called The Anatomy I've album. actually listened to that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, and they have a cover. This is... If I, if I had to say it's a toss-up between two songs, my favorite cover song of all time, they have a cover of... Uh, Us and Them by Pink Floyd. I've actually listened that to that. That's amazing. I actually like and that really one a lot. it really shows their range because they're a, they're a sure. metal band they're, through and through. They're very tight. But uh, that song, they cover it and they play it exactly like Pink Floyd plays it and it sounds amazing. And it's a toss oh, between uh, that and uh, Where Did You Sleep Last Night by that's, Nirvana. That's, yeah. the, uh, I like that version uh, more. G- G- Guns N' Roses, Knocking on Heaven's Door. I like door. that version more. Than, I'm a Dylan fan and I yeah. like their version more than Same. Dylan's. Um, now, here's a good one that you were talking with about with Josh last week. Um, only done at concerts, but Corey Taylor and Korn doing Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. That's, yeah. one of, that's fucking so fucking rips. killer, dude. Yeah, no, that that's a really good one. But there, there's been just as many bad covers. Like, certain yeah. songs should not be covered. Like, um, uh, a band I like... Oh, actually, it was um, Pucifer, Maynard's other band, covered Bohemian Rhapsody. And it sounds okay, but you can't touch Bohemian Rhapsody. No, you really can't. It, it's like, you shouldn't touch American Pie. Like, when Madonna did it, it was fucking terrible. It, it's, um... There, there's just certain ones that should not be touched at all, but... Um, talking about cover songs is fun. Um, there was some other news this week. Um, Josh, you can kill the music now. Um, the Hulk Hogan movie was announced, Taylor. Uh, didn't Chris Hemsworth it, is four. playing Hulk Hogan. I think which, that's that's smart. That's a, that's good well, casting. Yeah. So that makes sense. So I, um, Josh had this idea where we cast the movie like the prominent <laughs> roles. So who plays who? Um, Vince McMahon, instead, Bradley Cooper. Let Bra- Bradley Cooper play Vince instead of Thanos. He just comes down. Bring me Andre. Yeah, <laughs> you 
you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be at least, uh, I want Bradley Cooper to play Vince in one part. You're fine. Now, now, okay, here's my question. Do you think they'll go over, like, maybe, like, will they go into, like, the mega powers, too? So who will I play think, Randy uh, Savage? From what I understand, well, that's what I want to do. I want to cast the movie. Okay. Um, uh, so there, I guess it's only supposed to encompass his wrestling career. So you have to kind of, you got to go over Rocky 2 then, right? Mm-hmm. Rocky 3, excuse me. Thunder, Thunder Lips, Lips. Who plays Stallone in that that kind of role? Stallone? Is the question. No, he's too old now. <laughs> Um, I, that, that's a good one. I have a good casting for Roddy Piper, Russell Wyatt, uh, Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son from Overlord. That's perfect. Let him play Roddy Piper. Uh-huh. Um, now, the one that I was having trouble with is casting Jimmy Hart, because he's obviously a huge part. Yeah. And you got to pick someone that is um, biracial, obviously, that's uh, light-skinned, though. Uh, that's a tough... Jussie Smollett was my pick. <laughs> 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 he, he has the right look, so I was trying to figure out who should play... I should type in casting... The, I saw... Someone did an article that was casting the Hulk Hogan movie um, that wasn't bad. They did pick a few too many wrestlers. The only one I think where I'd like an actual wrestler playing someone is Big Show who should be playing Andre the Giant. No, because he has to. when he first came to WCW, uh, here you go, the perfect Wait, wasn't cast. He, wasn't he billed as like the son? The son of Andre the Giant. Yeah. He was just called the Giant. Um, and obviously, he's the look. I want that or CGI Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, uh, right. So here, this article <laughs> from USA Today has the Big Show as Andre the Giant. Should. I think that would be fantastic. Let's see what else we have. Uh, Michael Shannon as Vince. That's really good. That makes sense. Michael Shannon as Vince would be killer. Actually, I'm, Michael Shannon is great in fucking everything. Exactly. Now, obviously, it's going to be young Vince, though, so that's why I'm like, and Bradley Cooper Cooper is rumored to be playing Vince in the Vince movie, so maybe he, and, Vince and, movie? And, yeah. And Bradley Cooper's producing uh, this one. Um, Gerard Butler is Roddy Piper. That's not bad either. Yeah, that's terrible. actually pretty good casting. Oh, Joe, what's his name? Uh, he'd be a good Randy Savage. Joe, Ma- imagine that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'd be a really good. Uh, oh, Brie Larson is Miss Elizabeth. Yes, to- give to- it to me. Tony Shalhoub as Mean Gene Okerlund is incredible. That's John Cena as the <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Let's see, Channing Tatum. <laughs> yeah, dude, a Sergeant. Slaughter. Yo, this is actually like this. That's is a great. good one. Rusev is the Iron Sheik. Yes, <laughs> Look, it makes sense. <laughs> I Rusev tweeted out, "I could play everybody from Iron Sheik to Sergeant Slaughter to Big Boss Man Vader and Nikolai Volkov. Book me, pay me, brother." <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Miz is Ric Flair. That's actually not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Day is Jimmy Hart. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna be cultural appropriation, but Charlie Day could play Jimmy Hart annoyingly perfectly. Kevin, no, 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 no. John Bernthal as Scott Hall. That is makes actually, sense. That's pretty good. He he's, would be. He's, he's a little small because Scott Hall's like six. Of nine, course, but you can make it look a certain yeah, way. For sure. Um, Keanu Reeves is Sting. I love it. <laughs> Yo, put the fucking makeup on, and I see that a thousand percent. Slick as one hundred percent. So I really like the idea of casting the Hulk Hogan. Yeah, so there's some cool stuff you can so, do with uh, the Hulk Hogan movie. Are, I mean, are they going over like his entire wrestling career? Uh, from what I understand, I don't. Look, know. That's not original. The Rock as the Rock. <laughs> well, Thanks, dude. Yeah, like he didn't just do that in the Page movie. Right. Um. So I'm excited to see how they do this. It's going to be straight to Netflix, which is really cool. Um. So I'm down. I mean, there's going to be certain casting. Like, who's going to play Eric Bischoff? He obviously has to play a big part. There's um. There, there's going to be a lot of things they have to cover, from obviously slamming Andre uh, mm. to the NWO mm. to the Rock match. You have to cover. Honestly, I would probably end the movie at the Rock match don't go into tna please please don't go into his tna run and when he was doing rent to center commercials swinging on a wrecking ball wasn't he like the main event mafia wasn't that wasn't he i i couldn't no going over his tna career is never a good idea but i mean there's some interesting things you could do in general with this movie i have only like one casting problem what's that who can play the iron sheik besides the Iron Sheik. Well, I don't think Iron Sheik can move well enough to play the Iron Sheik anymore unfortunately one guy i could think of that even closely resembles uh, the Iron Sheik with the mustache, and he's uh, affiliated with AEW right now, and that's uh, Shad Khan. 
<laughs> what about the kid that's on um, uh, Riz Ahmed? Is his name? He was in the um, Venom. He was on the night the night of on HBO. I, I'm just going with uh, Indian and Muslim people because yeah. I'm trying to be culturally culturally appropriate. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. So I don't get a, a I don't want to get accused. Of yeah, exactly. I hope they go into Booker T's uh, Hulk Hogan. We coming for you. <laughs> that just needs to be in there. Who's gonna play Sensational Sherry? Because she kind of has to be a part. Doesn't Bobby Heenan would have to be a part? I would think. Yeah. There's some major moving parts here. Brutus uh, the Barber Beefcake. Has to be. That's like one of his best friends in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm excited to see what they do with the casting. But Chris Hemsworth as Hulk Hogan is some very, very good casting. If you look at uh, his look in the first Thor movie, it's it, perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. I, I mean, he's got to do the the balding thing. Yeah, but like for early Hulk's early career before he really started balding. I can't think of a better casting choice than Chris. No, um, he he's very good. He's very funny. He's got charisma. He's charming. Um, it, I'm interested to see really where they go with it. Um, obviously, you have to expect because Hulk is working on a producer, and you know Hulk always puts himself over, brother. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be. He never did anything wrong. One of the guys that's most notorious for burying people. But I will never say a bad thing about Hulk Hogan. Um, you know, there's certain things you can say, but I hope they don't go into his whole uh, TMZ controversy. Uh, that would not be very very good for uh, anyone. But um, there, there's some very good things they're going to do with that Hulk Hogan movie. Um, the other thing that came out this week is um, some news about the Lord of the Rings Amazon series. Let's um, hear it. So it's incredibly under wrap right now. Um, no Which, one, I was going to say, I haven't heard a single iota of like any information yeah, about it so since it was even announced. The budget on it is going to be more than what Game of Thrones is, which is kind of crazy, because um, Game of Thrones' budget is uh, absurd. Was it, like and $50 million an episode or something? Like some crazy it's, shit like that? It's something wild, but um, from what I understand, it sounds like the premise of the Lord of the Rings series is going to be about when the, the Seven Rings were created. It's going to so take place in that time it's frame. It's going to take place during like the Silmarillion, like a little after the fact, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, Because um, they posted a thing on their Twitter account the other day. Um, in the beginning, seven rings were made. Uh, they, that's the quote they posted. Um, uh, here it is. Uh, three rings for the elf, uh, elven kings it's, under the sky. So then it's seven for the dwarf lords and nine for the rings of men so, for the nine rings. I think that's like perfect. That's the and nerdiest I, I've been on this podcast. Should, so I'm going to ask you a question. Please. How? Do, so I would have to think that they're obviously going to have to recast some people because there are going to be two people. That you that have to be there. Hugo Weaving. Be, uh, um, Hugo Weaving's Elrond character. Has to be there and, and Galadriel. Uh, Galadriel has to be there. Kate Blanchett and uh, Hugo Weaving are the perfect cast for that. Like you, Hugo you Weaving rules it. in everything. Dude, he's awesome, specifically he, in Smith. He, he literally rules in everything. I I, I don't see you. I, I, they have to be there. I don't see who you would cast or who you would like change because Elrond's been there from the battle like, from the battle with Sauron at the end. I don't. Think this is the nerdiest I'm about to get right now. Seriously, I can't help myself. But no, why not? It's it, it's. It, because if it's going to do the Seven Rings, it's going to cover something to do with the Dwarf Lords. Because sure. the Seven go to the Dwarf with Moria and uh, Barad-dûr and shit like mm-hmm. that. And then the Nine are for the Ring Wraiths. So that, that's the that's the that's men. That's uh, Arnor and Gondor and shit like yeah. that. So there's a lot they could do because the 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 the, uh, the world of Middle Earth is so deep. Oh my God! That J.R.R. That J.R.R. Tolkien basically invented the fantasy genre by himself like yeah. that. So I, I I'm I would be happy to like, to expand on that because they give you such little detail in the movies, but it's Still, but there's so much there's so much text to, that goes to this kind of story. It stuff. is so deep. It he invented so deep. an entire lang- he yeah, language. languages. Dude, people. For this. I, we know someone that took a Lord of the Rings class. The famous Howard Michael Kelly, whose real name I will not reveal. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask, what, what are we calling him? Because yeah, keep it's, it's Howard Michael Kelly right. took a Lord of the Rings class after we called him Hobbit, whatever his real name is, forever. Howard uh, Hobbit How, Hobbit Howard. I was uh, <laughs> that Chodo <laughs> Baggins, the third of a man, <laughs> Stump Dick, Stump Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he it's had a million names. Um, 
so I'm really excited to see. I honestly, I don't think they should cast superstars because no, they, they should follow the Game of Thrones template where you get a couple kind of established names. Um, and I'm rewatching Game of Thrones right now, which I'm I'm liking it so much more watching it again yeah. than the first time I really watched through it. There's so many things I pick up on. Mm. You realize how bad the the acting is in the first season because the writing was like specifically Amelia Clark, who's a terrible actress anyway. She's eye candy, and Jon Snow. He's supposed to be the sex appeal for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, Jon Snow has great action scenes, but I didn't even realize when watching Lord um, Game of Thrones. I am on my phone almost every Jon Snow speaking scene because he bores the piss out of me. He's a fu- it's he's- fine. I understand. I just I, I Jon Snow was my favorite character. Rob Stark until- was a hundred times better than Jon Snow. No, I'm saying like as when I was watching it, and then I just yeah, you re- like John Cena though. So you like no, the baby I, I, face, I, the constant baby face. I who doesn't love know wrong. Someone like uh, I like I never like Sansa even even to this day. I like Sansa and, more watching and, it this time. Yeah, Arya is probably Arya, been, I like more watching probably been one of my favorite characters so the entire I, time. I think like my favorite character, the Hound. I, actually, the Hound is one of my favorites. I love Varys. Varys, Varys is he's the coolest motherfucker alive. Varys I'm also I, watching it again. I'm I'm kind of trying to conquer my phobia of midgets. Huh? Um, I'm not. I haven't been able of to what. I, Midget. You know I'm terrified of dwarves. midgets. No, little people is what they want to be dwarves. called. Dwarves. Dwarves is just as offensive. No, you know, it's not. Uh, to them it is, honestly. Well, okay. They don't want to be they want to be called little people or abominations or family photo ruiners. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the names I go with. Um genetic disaster. <laughs> um Okay. So, okay. so uh, they're doing the wow. the Game of Thrones prequel series too. Yeah. And Which would be cool. uh, what what time frame do you think they're gonna go? I I think uh, I hope they no, do no, the Mad King. No, they've already announced it, so it's going to be the you know, I think it's funny. I think King Robert's Rebellion. No, no, no. No, because that, that would be so, the bad kid. Uh, so, like Taylor knows the the lore of Lord of the Rings. I know the lore of sure. uh, Song of Ice and Fire. As you know, I read the books. Sure. I know it is a lot great about book. the backstory. So There's a million things the, you what, can do. What they are going into right now in the, the uh, what are we, eighth season? Yeah. Is, uh, what yeah. They're, is the second Long Night. What the Long Night is is when the Night King comes down. Yes. So the, the White Walkers. So the prequel series is the first Long Night. Okay. Uh, but there's no story of... Uh, of is it going to be like Game of Thrones was, which led up to the Night King coming? Yeah, or yeah. Is it going to start right in the middle the of war? it? That would be interesting. I mean, I still th- I hope that at some point they do something with the Mad King because that whole storyline is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I've gone onto the the uh, the song on, of uh, Fire and Ice Wikipedia yeah. where you can like read the actual like stuff about it. I've then you re- get lost in yeah. Oh, that's like when you like as a Star Wars fan going onto Wikipedia. I yeah. could be there for hours. Well, there there was like this thing on I think it was on the Blu-rays or the DVDs where like Varys and Littlefinger start um, start narrating the history of Game of Thrones yeah. but they're in character mm-hmm. and that's uh, what they give the history oh the Mad King did this and then Jamie stabbed him in the back like yeah. it's it's pretty cool when they do stuff well, like that so I think expanding on that can only I mean if help, we're, if we're going know? back to like our favorite characters in Game of Thrones I said Varys is the man um, I love that I love Littlefinger he's yeah. great he's, he's a, gr- a motherfucker he's a great character yeah. that whole line with the chaos is a ladder that whole thing it yeah. sticks with me every time uh, Brianna Tarth is a great character Very J- Jamie might have the best arc in the entire thing because you got to think where he started out in the very first episode pushing roller pig out of the fucking window who I hate Bran Stark he stinks Um, he fucking stinks the three eyed I'm the three eyed raven well I'll tell you what Bran Bran was shit up until the last season he's still shit with with the big reveal with you know John's heritage you know what I mean like like that was pretty cool uh, I was gonna say like Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones it reminds me very much of Chris Moltisante. His very arc similar. Throughout, but, I'm saying yeah, like how the character dramatically changes from season one till the yeah. end, where it's at. Obviously, you know, it's but a he ends up kind of in like the same kind of low point at the end um, right. with with Christopher. And we don't know what's going to happen with Jamie, and um, but his arc. Very interested the, to see the, where the, he goes with the, that. And yeah. the, when I'm watching it again, the very specific part I noticed where Jamie had his started to have his turn was when uh, him and Brienne were captive um, with the Boltons, and he told her like not to fight, and he 
was actually like sticking up for her. And then an episode where he saves her from the bear pit is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite characters. I think he might be the strongest character on the show based on his presence. When yeah. every scene he's in is Tywin Lannister. I, Tywin oh Lannister he, is yeah. unbelievable. And that guy, I love that actor. Oh, the dad. Because, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, the dad that is actor yeah. is one of my favorite action movies from the 90s, Last Action Hero. He's the, vil- the villain in Last Action Hero. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen Last no, Action. No, you it's, told me about it's it. It's one of my favorite Arnold movies, and you would love it because it, it plays into 80s and 90s pop culture action like perfectly, but he's a motherfucker in that. Yeah, and as Tywin yeah. Lannister, he's the biggest son of a bitch. Okay. The, no the, joy, the, no the, emotion. The best thing for me, the one of the my favorite scenes of Tywin Lannister, so... You know, one of the big things with Joffrey was he was step all over everybody. He was a little I love bastard. Joffrey too. The, the, the one scene where it's just Joffrey and Tywin in the throne room, and Tywin backs Joffrey down to the point where he oh, can't yeah. even talk, just shows you what a presence when, that character oh, yeah. was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he his he, literally every scene he was in, and that's in the early seasons too, when the acting and the writing is a little shoddy. Yeah, he is so far like in the first season, the best actor is Sean Bean by far. Sean yeah. Bean and um, Peter Dinklage are the two best, and then Tywin. Like Jamie wasn't very good in the first season. Cersei wasn't, but there was the writing. It well, there was were also early very on one-dimensional on characters. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It was the writing was tough time. early on because if those guys are so good in later seasons and they're not great in the first, like he, Peter Baelish is terrible in the first season as an actor. Yeah, but then you see how good he is later. Well, and his whole storyline I, I find fascinating with um, um, Liza um, Tully or whatever her last name, Aaron, yep. um, is amazing with the moon window and everything. Um, the moon door. The moon door. Yeah. The, I want to see the little man fly. Yeah, that fucking cat, fucking <laughs> that weirdo, sucking his mom's tit you know, until he's my, twelve. My favorite was. Like after after uh, he pushed Liza down the moon door and they're trying to teach him how to fight, he just hits him oh, with he the just, sword. He goes, ah, ah, yeah. Um, another one it. that was great in the first season Yo. was Mark Addy playing Robert Baratheon. He yeah. was great in the first. He season. was great. He's been a good actor for a long time, Mark Addy. Yeah. Um, so it, it is one cool. of the bust heads and fuck girls. His, yeah. his one liners are the best. Like at the uh, at the joust. And he's all—he's drunk already. At the beginning of the joust, I've been sitting here for days. Start the damn joust before I piss myself. <laughs> dude, there's some parts really that, funny, well, dude. I also—I love Ramsey Bolton. He is the well, motherfucker. I was gonna, the motherfucker. I was gonna ask as far as all the villain because every oh. season has a villain, Ramsey, and the, the overall one is always gonna be Cersei, no matter what. Yeah, she's but, the number one. But Ramsey Bolton was the Hannibal Lecter of Game of Thrones. Ramsey was a motherfucker. Uh, who was, Joffrey was a motherfucker. Joffrey was a motherfucker, and there was another Bruce guy. Who, Bolton, you oh. oh Walter Frey was yeah, a motherfucker Walter, the Red fuck Wedding. Fuck him, dude. Yeah. He dude, sucked. I was so Fucking amped. Filch from Harry Potter was, killed everyone. I was fuck so, you. I was so amped when we got to the Red Wedding to watch it again. But honestly, my favorite episode is when Tywin's on, or Ty- Tyrion's on trial for Joffrey's murder and he gives that whole speech. Yeah. I that wish I had the, poison for every yeah, single one of you. That to me, awesome, I, I am guilty. I, like, that, that whole scene to me, it, he won the, uh, the Emmy, Emmy for, for that, that scene yeah. and the Golden Globe. That to me is... Uh, so this is what I'll say about Game of Thrones. And uh, Grohow has said this. I think a show can be great while simultaneously being overrated, and I do think Game of Thrones falls there to an extent. But when Game Not of entirely, Thrones yeah. when Game of Thrones is great, there's no show better. When it's on, I think it's the best show there's probably been. Period. When it's on, like shit like that scene, it's, the Battle of the Bastards. When Game of Thrones is on, it is unbelievable. Yeah. I was okay. So everyone loves Battle of the Bastards. I'm a very big advocate for Hardhome being the best battle I've seen so far. Which with, one is with, with, with what the White Walkers and the uh, oh at the wall and and, and, the, oh, and, no. and the Wildlings? Okay, See, and everything like that. I'll and, uh, tell you, there's certain the things in the show that I just I, I I always tune out. Like I hate the whole storyline with Jon Snow and uh, um, Ygritte. Is her name? What's her name? Ygritte. I hate right. that. Ygritte. I, I hate His that actual wife. Now? I hate that whole story. I, I literally was like tuning out. I'm like I'm bored. I don't like a lot of the White Walker stuff. Despite being a huge zombie fan, it bores me. I hate the dragons. The dragon shit bores me. The dragon shit is cool. Dude. I just don't like Amelia Clark. She's horrendous. Dude, she's when a the dragon showed actress. up for the first time and just wrecked that fucking Lannister oh, caravan. When they, when they wreck shit. stuff, it's cool, but I don't give a fuck about her crying because she Best has to put them away. Best character on the show, bro. 
Braun, fuck all of you. Braun's Braun awesome. is fucking and so great, is the, dude. The ginger wildling is awesome yeah, too. Yeah, I, yeah I the Tormund is great. Giants Bane. That's my that's my hope for uh, for the next Game of Thrones series is just a buddy team up of <laughs> yeah. the Hound and Tormund like, oh, going dude. on adventures. Well, see, th- dude, I think uh, oh so many things. Honestly, <laughs> dude, honestly the know. best things in the show um, are the relationships between certain characters, specifically the Hound and Arya's storyline is incredible. I was gonna say the um, stuff with Brianna Tark, uh, Brianna Tarth, and uh, Podrick is pretty cool. When she beats the shit out of him and is like beats the shit out of him and falls down. Well, You're a lucky like said, man. Brienne is just a very, very good, ca- and even uh, Theon's sister is a good character. Like I'm realizing that when she tries to save him and he, um, he stays. What, what was her name? Um, Yara. 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 She's like, really good, but Reek, she's, I'm she's Reek. letting her brother finger bang her on the horse. Oh. It's fucking weird. That was rough. Yeah. yeah. The- I like Theon, dude, because the scene that I was like, okay, this guy's awesome, and he was great in the first John Wick. Yeah. But um, when he Ramsay tells him like, I-, I need you to not be Reek. I need you to play. Theon Greyjoy, and he has to go speak before the Ironborn, and uh, yeah. he like starts freaking out. I, I'm my name is Reek. My name is Reek, and then a guy puts the axe in his head. Mm-hmm. That was great because yeah. he was balancing between being the character of Reek and Theon Greyjoy. Well, Even I, last I, season, the uh, the scene on the ship with the battle, and he looks around, sees and he all just the people dying, jumps. and he yeah. just like starts like bugging out, and he jumps off the side of the boat. Correct. Well, yeah. I was going to say he's uh, fantastic. Funny thing when that I think he was fighting he was fighting his uncle H- Huron. Is yeah. that his name? Mm-hmm. And he tries to kick him in the dick. The guy or something. from Overlord. Yeah. yeah, kicks him in the dick, and he's like. Nope, and he beats the shit out of him. Like that was a good. Well, that's like, the, that's the end of the season. So uh, he's trying to get the Ironborn that are with him to right. rally and go save Yara from uh, from Euron. Right. Yeah. And the guy's like, "Well, fuck you. Why do we got to follow you?" And right. he tries to kick him in the dick, and nothing happens, and he just fucking. Beats so that the was shit a question him. I proposed the other day. Is uh, you have the Unsullied, which that's another storyline I hate the the Grey, Grey Worm and the the Dan, uh, da- Daenerys like no, what, what, that what, what whole storyline stinks. Oh, I don't. It stinks, but I like it. I, I like know it too. Yeah. Like it. So hot. I, yeah. Okay, so I want to know. Between like uh, the Unsullied and uh, Reek, how do you pee? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I googled the other night on Friday night. I posted. I was like, I googled. Piss, I, piss I, I, go- I googled penis cut off. How do you pee? <laughs> I'm like, does it just like kind of fall out? I mean, <laughs> like I mean, you can't I use guess. a urinal. No. Like, do you just sit down to pee, or you just kind of like stand and just let it fall? Um, I I was really wondering because I yeah I get what you're saying, but the whole storyline with them, I, there's certain storylines I find myself tuning out of. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing I, was cool. I the Daenerys stuff kind of bored me when they were like Tarth and stuff. I I wasn't too yeah invested. that kind of stuff can get like the the House of the Undying was kind of cool. That yeah. kind of stuff was all right. Is that um, when they stole the dragons? With yeah, the, the yeah, weird the, guy? the yeah, weird looking the, ugly the guy. Lips. Yeah, that's that's a good one. There's some other good show. Tonight's the finale of uh, True Detective, uh, okay. which I'm excited Already? for. Yeah. Um, What's the lead actor of that show? Um, Mahershala <laughs> Ali. Is that nope. it? Never nope. going to get it. I'm never going to get it. That's never. a name I'll just never be able to pronounce. He called um, him Mustafa, he called yeah, Mustafa I, I think I'm just going to call him Mustafa. Time. I was going to say the guy, the, uh, the Oscar winner from Moonlight. That's <laughs> all I'm going to call him from now on. It's like international singing sensation Flo Rida. Flo Rida. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they introduced him as, right? Yeah. Oh, my um, They just stupid. dropped a new trailer for season two of Barry, which the first season of Barry was one of I my favorite shows. I just saw that, dude. Barry is so underrated. It's so good. How great is Henry Winkler on Barry? I love it. And Bill, Bill Hader is amazing. Bill Hader is great. I'm excited. He's casted. Um, he's cast as one of the adult versions in It Chapter Two. Good. Um, it, that's a really good. There's really good cast. Like Jessica yeah. Chastain playing grown up Bev is yeah. great. Uh, who else is in it? Um, uh, James McAvoy is playing one of them. He's playing this. He's playing Bill. Stuttering I, listen, Bill is an adult. I, I, I know nothing about the casting for for It Chapter Pull Two. Pull up It Chapter Two casting because as we because wait for our call from Doctor Steve. And like I said, I, I it's very adamant. I don't care for horror, but It was probably one of the best movies it I've was seen in a as, long time. It was a lot like. A Hold Goonie, on. Hold on one a horror yeah. Goonies. Go ahead. I, I said something um, very interesting the other day, or I, I didn't say it. I saw it on Twitter, and someone put a, someone put a tweet out where it was like, 
It is going to be remembered as one of the all-time... Go to the IMDb page. The, the first It is going to be the remembered... should be remembered as one of the best I horror think, films well, ever. Yeah, I was talking to a guy that works for Bloody Disgusting, and he said yeah. he thinks years from now it's going to be viewed as one of the, the greatest. So James McAvoy's uh, playing Bill he also, Denbrough. He also said that, uh, what's his name, uh, Skarsgård should have been nominated yes, at Skarsgård least. Yes, should have been nominated. Um, so yeah, Bill Hader's playing Richie Tolzer, which is perfect casting as well. Which but one is Richie? Was Richie the, uh, the beep, guy... Beep, beep, Richie. He's oh, the one... Right, yeah, yeah, he's the wise-ass one. Oh, I was um, going to say... Yeah, the, the one uh, that came from Stranger Things. Yeah, exactly. But Jessica Chastain as Beverly Marsh is unbelievable That's casting good. because that that girl to me was the best actor of all the kids in the first it. Absolutely, she was one hundred percent the best one. I remember because like people were saying like after that movie, she's like she's gonna be a well, huge. Well, she was star. on um she the thing that she that came out with her after it was um the HBO series with Amy Adams, which I really like called Sharp Objects. It's you really about this. It's yeah. a really fucked up show, but I absolutely loved it in every single way mm. and um, she played the young version of Amy Adams in um, Sharp Objects ah, okay. so Amy Adams could have played this role as well but Amy Adams is great in everything. she's one of the best working actresses really is. period oh you know what movie I did watch this week Taylor yeah. I, did, I finally watched uh, starring Sam Elliott the man who killed Bigfoot killed Hitler then hunted the Bigfoot I need it dude I was not expecting it to be as a as much a dramatic movie as it was so I'm getting a call right now from none other than Dr. Steve Dr. Steve you are on the You Watch I Listen podcast thank you very Dr. much for for enjoy, joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. Um, so I'm. Uh, my name's Dan. I'm here with my co-host Taylor and my video engineer Josh. And um, you know, I'm a, a huge, huge Opie and Anthony fan. I grew up listening to it when I was uh, probably too young to listen, and my brother and father let me listen. So I've been listening to you for a very, very long time. Oh yeah, I think uh, first time I was ever on was in 2000. Yeah, and I was 15 years old, so I was hearing you at a very, very young age. Now, how did you come about being like a regular on uh, ONA? Well, it's sort of a weird story. When they, uh, uh, I used to get Howard Stern DVD or not DVDs, but CDs. Yes. I would buy from a guy in New York before, and I remember I would call uh, Sirius XM about once a year, saying you got to get something in the morning, like Howard Stern or something. I had never heard of Opie and Anthony except the. The Sex for Sam scan. <laughs> of course, everyone heard of that. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and yeah, they were on Bill O'Reilly and all this kind yep. of stuff. So I kind of knew who they were, but I didn't know anything about their show. And uh, when they announced that they were coming to XM, um, you know, I listened to the um, the little introduction show that they had. And the first day we were there, and I was hooked immediately. I mean, it was the yeah, comedy. Absolutely, such joy in being in just comedy and it was like comedy uh comedy university in the sense that you know if somebody if a joke bombed i loved how they would stop and dissect why the joke bombed why it, it could have been funny or stuff like that you know i, I love that stuff yeah absolutely and just the off the cuff thing so so um i know i'm preaching to the converted on that well anyway at the time they were really trying to push the show because they they were a premium so they really only had about ten thousand listeners yep. at the beginning and uh so they were very available and i ran into jim norton on uh aol instant messenger okay yeah i actually and, i think i, wow, I think okay. i've heard that before that you started chatting with him on there because he was very interactive with yeah. the fans online back then Yes, yes, very much so. And he just said, oh, so you're really a doctor, huh? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, I've got this lump on my scrotum. And so we kind of <laughs> talked about it. And I, I'm not saying anything out of school because the next day he talked about it on the air. And uh, he said, yeah, I talked to this doctor from Tennessee and uh, about my scrotum. And Anthony was 
very skeptically. He's like, yes, well, of course, we know all the best <laughs> doctors are from Tennessee. All the <laughs> of course, Anthony has so, that line. <laughs> yes, of course. So uh, I immediately faxed them. I called and I got their fax number. I faxed them my CV. And at that time, I had, uh, you know, 80, 90 um, uh, uh, articles in the medical literature, and I was uh, editor-in-chief of a national medical journal and stuff, and and uh, I, they got they kind of got a kick out of that that I got pissed off. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you, you, they challenge you. <laughs> can I curse on this show? You can, say, absolutely you can say whatever you want, okay. Dr. Steve. Okay, I, w- I forgot to ask before no. I dropped the all, MF. Uh, all good. <laughs> it's fine, dude. Um, so, so I, uh, uh, after that, they started calling me for things. Uh, behind the scenes, I was behind the scenes for a long time before I was ever on the air. And uh, they would call me for things like, you know, is the cinnamon challenge safe? And I would say, I would say no, and then they would do it anyway. But they <laughs> yeah, would at least we, we've me. definitely had people do that on here before. We've definitely done, th- we did this thing on the show. I don't know if you ever heard of the Death Nut Challenge. Um, it's this, it's, uh, it's four different types of nuts that, and each one is a different type of pepper that is on it. And you're supposed to chew the first one for 30 seconds, swallow it. You can't drink any water. You have to wait 60 seconds. Then you eat the next one and they get progressively hotter. And we got to, I was literally sweating and in (laughs) tears. And my, my uh, original co-host is sitting there like, he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then we stopped recording and we almost had to call an ambulance for him because he was about to pass out. Like I was, I was in excruciating pain. Uh, I mean, my co-host has a nut allergy. Would it be safe for him to do that? <laughs> like I'm in, like I'm in no, fucking middle no, school. No, no. <laughs> I'll tell you one time, my co-host, uh, we used to we used to be roommates, and uh, we had like no food in the house, and he wanted a snack, and he was willing to forego his nut allergy to eat a Snickers ice cream bar, and I had to be like, oh, don't do God. it. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, listen, either you do, or you don't, and you got to see exactly how bad it is. And I was gonna like, I'm gonna attempt sure. science and and be and, and, and be and not the, hungry all at the same the, time. And the fates, yeah. So you um you started out yeah. there, and then you eventually ended up with your own show on. Serious XM Weird Medicine. Well, yeah, so in in or about 2004, late 2004, early 2005, OB uh, said, hey, we've got some capacity on weekends for shows. I have this golden, these golden tickets. And if uh, any listeners have an idea for a show, you know, we would entertain it. Yeah. So uh, when I heard that, I immediately, and I wasn't really a listener exactly you know i was somewhat more than a listener but yeah. i uh i emailed steve carlesi i said i'm you know i have this idea yes. we would do a medical show and we would uh tell crazy you know awful medical stories and we would uh talk to your um, mostly out of shape audience <laughs> about medical problems and, See, uh, i wonder who's talking uh, about we'll call, i would like to call it weird medicine i just kind of popped into my head and uh, he, Steve was the greatest guy because oh, he, yeah. would, he was oh, he was a great oh. sport because he got ragged on um, as much if not oh, yeah. more than E Rock did, and uh, he was a yeah, bear. He did. Yes, <laughs> oh, yes, poor, of poor Steve. <laughs> Yeah, the whole Ramon thing with all Steve Carlisi. <laughs> Ramon! That's, that's one of our favorite things. I mean, I always think about Ramon and Steve from Yellowstone, and I'll just start giggling, of laughing. Oh, God. And when they would have some guest on, and, just, and uh, they were terrible, it, the and then. Yeah, and then you would hear, "Oh, Steve from Yellowstone." You knew what was and, coming. And he would be Ben from Boston sometimes, and uh, <laughs> I'm doing coke with Tom Brady. <laughs> and so, so, do you still keep in touch anyway, with so Steve Carlesi? Emailed me back in uh, like five minutes. Said, "I love the idea. Let me run it up the flagpole." And uh, Opie greenlit it, 
and I think the whole reason that they that they green lit or green lighted my show was because if there was win win, if it sucked, you know, here's some dumb doctor from Tennessee uh, going to try to do a radio show in the big city. Yeah, you're part of Jocktober suddenly. <laughs> yes, they could rag on me, and if it was great, then they could take credit for it. Absolutely. So you know, and you so were a regular caller the, when there were like random conversations about medical questions. You'd pop in or uh, go on the the, yes. the chat and give them answers. Do you still keep in touch with Opie or Anthony? Sure. Yeah. Both, both I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's weird look. because a lot of people that were involved with the show, obviously with the way it ended and the way it is now, they take sides. Um, now I've actually I got I got to go to Anthony's Halloween party back in October and actually finally meet him, which you know it was kind of hard not being such a fan and him. Is everything okay? Yeah, what just happened? Sounded like you stepped into a wind tunnel there for a second, or stood behind oh, a no, jet. That was my. I guess it doesn't translate very well on the landline. That was my ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, but it, everyone kind of kind of did take sides there. But you know, I met Ant, and he was just the most humble, nice guy in the world. Um, I actually, I'm I'm friends yep. with um, Daniel Bobo Curlin, who you actually answered a lot of the questions about his uh, me- uh, medical misfortune. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, we we actually kind of take care. Bobo, and he's the one that introduced us to a bunch of people. Um, oh, so yeah. Good, it, it, good, good. But yeah. it's really cool uh, talking with you. It was great that um, the guys at Lobo Sound were able to set this up. Um, and we actually yeah, have well, some, we actually have some medical questions for you that we got from from some okay. listeners. But the first one's actually. Well, let me say the thing about Opie first. Go for it, you, We brought it up, and um, when this whole thing happened, I felt like one of those kids whose parents got divorced, yes. and they wanted to still maintain a relationship with both of them. And uh, you know. Uh, uh, you can, I, look, I might not have, like Anthony, wanted to uh, work with Opie in the sense that his negotiation technique for contracts and stuff is different than mine. Sure. And uh, I think that, that that was one of the things that drove Anthony crazy. Yeah. But uh, Opie and I, uh, you know, he saved my show at least twice. He went to uh, bat first for you. When he green-lighted it in the first place, and he went to bat for me when Tim Sabian wanted me off the channel. No, of course he uh, did. Mainly just Tim Tim just wanted to have it all Opie and Anthony, so uh, he was trying to get rid of me. And play, best of all, play best of all day, like best interviews yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, that's, that's what they did on Howard, yeah. and it made sense. Sure, because Howard had uh, 30 so, years of, of stuff there. Yeah, well, and, you know, they could have done it over there, but, uh, uh, you know, Opie stepped in, he said, you're not getting rid of Dr. Steve's show, and he and I bonded over the deaths of our father and stuff sure, like that. Sure. And uh, I, you know, because he he stood up for me, I will never shit on him. Now I might not want to be in a business relationship with him, but I don't ever have to worry about exactly. that. Exactly. So, yeah, then it's fine. To, it's, it's fine to maintain a personal relationship because he did go to bat yeah. for you. And I'm like like you, I will always remember people like that that stood up for me and went to bat for me at times it mattered sure. most. So well, and he. You know, he and Jim and Anthony together brought me a whole lot of joy for the 10 or whatever number of years that they were on together. And, uh, you know, that I don't forget. No, of course not. So, all right, let's jump into some questions. Um, My first question is actually one that uh, involves me personally. So um, I tore my my ACL probably about 
seven to nine years ago now. Actually, it was probably nine years ago. Um, and the injuries lingered throughout the years. As of late, the stability of my knee has been fine when doing physical activities, but I've recently I've been getting like an irritating pain in the front of my kneecap after my knee is bent or my legs are crossed for a bit. It hasn't stopped me from yeah. doing any type of workout, but what could this pain be and what can I do to treat it? Okay, uh, it may be related to your original injury or it may not. What, what you're describing sounds like a thing called prepatellar bursitis. Now, okay. let's talk about let's talk about what bursitis is, and then we'll talk about what prepatellar means. So, um, if you think of a um, Ziploc bag and you put olive oil in it, or any other oil of your choice, or KY jelly, and zip it up and, and evacuate all of the air. Okay. You'll have this, and then you put one hand on one side of the bag and one hand on the other, so it's kind of like sandwiched between your hands, and then you rub your hands back and forth, it'll be almost frictionless, Yeah. right? You could move those two sides of the bag against each other without a whole lot of friction. That's basically what a bursa is. They're, okay, I got you. They're very thin sacks filled with a very um, low viscosity fluid that's, um, uh, and you'll see them uh, over joints where there's a lot of movement. Thin so you've sack. got one on your elbow. You ever see somebody with that big golf ball on yes, their elbow? Yes, that's fighter, fighter, fighters get that a lot. You'll see yeah, a lot Lecranon of... Yeah, bursa. Yep. Sure, because they're, cause they're just banging the crap Ab- out of absolutely. their elbows with these punches and jabs and stuff. And then you, you have a, a, a nice big bursa in your shoulder. Um, yeah, pitchers uh, get, bursa. a lot of baseball pitchers get the bursa sack yeah. injury. Yeah, exactly. Well, because the knee is what it is, is it's used and moves a lot, and it's one of those sort of uh, you know lever joints. There's a bursa in front of the uh, kneecap as well called the prepatellar bursa. And when you get um, uh, pain in there after activity, uh, often that's a sign that there's some inflammation there. And there there could be some, you know, you don't know. There could be a little bit of scar tissue left over sure. from when yeah, they that's uh, exactly, opened up your knee. That's exactly what it, what so, it is. The, the way I would treat this, um, if it really becomes lifestyle-threatening, then, you, you know, um, a uh, an injection of cortisone with a little uh, yeah. numbing stuff yeah. by an orthopedist or a smart family practitioner who knows how to do it would be okay. Most of the time, just putting a, a direct anti-inflammatory in the form of cold compresses will take care of it. Yeah, and I, I've um, been doing the, I wear a compression sleeve if I'm working out, just to kind of make sure I know go. my stability is right. And um, the, the, the thing that's crazy is I've had plenty of times where the stability in my knee is completely gone from just the, the wear and yeah. tear. And it, that hasn't been yeah. the problem. It's like if I'm sitting down and I have my legs up on the table in a bent position, then I go to move them. It's just a very irritating, not like to the point of like I'm um, uh, incapacitated, but it's more painful, yep. but icing it and the sleeve have really helped just with my stability. So you recommend a cold compress yep. and then if it gets worse, the, the cortisone just shot. what you're doing. Perfect. Yep. All right. Yep. The next question. Yep. This is absolutely. This next question is from my buddy um, Alex in Canada, um, and I guess it's something that's affecting his personal life. And he said he asked, "Is it true that as an adult, masturbating too much can negatively impact his testosterone levels, or are there any other physical issues that con- um, chronic masturbation can cause?" Okay. Well, first, um, you have to define chronic masturbation. So he he says he's uh, about a five times a day kind of guy Jesus because his, um, his, his his wife is uh, upset because he's unemployed and she's the breadwinner. So Alex in Canada is like five. He sits d- home and beats off all day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, uh, I know he thinks that because he, he's bald, he believes that he went bald because of the masturbation, and he claims that too much masturbating will lower your testosterone. 
Okay, well, he didn't go bald because of too low testosterone levels. We go bald because of uh, testosterone in our bloodstream. Interesting. Uh, causes the follicles in the in the top of the head to um, stop producing hair. So that's what's happening so that's to me. Why, <laughs> yeah, right. That's why. Well, that's why Propecia works because it blocks um, the conversion of testosterone substrates into testosterone at the level of the follicle. So that. Uh, so we're actually trying to block testosterone's activity to get people's hair to grow back. So um, it's now I'm going to give him some interesting information. Uh, there was a, a study in 2016 that looked at people, how often they ejaculated. It didn't matter how sex, masturbation, wet dreams were all included. They tracked 32,000 of these people over 18 years. I don't know how they got the grant for this. Wow. That's an awesome That's grant. A long time. I want to be a part of that experiment. That's a long time. I know, me too. <laughs> so what they found was the people who did it the most, at least 20 times a, a month, and this guy's doing at least 20 a week, Yeah, uh, had a 20% lower chance of prostate cancer. Really? Uh, compared with those who did it less, uh, four to seven times a month, which is where I am. So that was true in a bunch of different age groups. So actually... Um, Although, uh, you know, compulsive masturbation is uh, probably bad for your relationship. I'd be interested to know if he's able to, you know, have regular intercourse with his wife. Uh, he implied that he he, he implied that he isn't able to, and I'm like, you're watching too much porn, because I know that can mess up the brain yep. chemistry. The, when people lose the ability to have uh, sex with their regular partner, the first thing I tell them to do is stop masturbating. All right, so because, that's that's your recommendation uh, for Alex in Canada because uh, he he's getting concerned, yeah. and I guess it's affect. I mean, he's unemployed and just so, whacking it all day. A, it almost sounds like masturbating yeah. is healthy for your prostate, is it, what he's saying. Yeah, that's kind of no, what it is. Yeah, okay, damn. So, so it, I guess we have a new we have a new show. Yeah, bad <laughs> for his marriage. Yeah, you so know? that that's very interesting. All right, the next question Taylor's going to ask to you. All right. All right, how you doing, Steve? Uh, so this question I got for you is, uh, how do you know if you're a hypochondriac or if something is actually wrong? Oh, that's a, well, okay. So <laughs> hypochondriacs uh, really have a compulsive disorder. We call it uh, illness anxiety disorder. And they're preoccupied with the idea that they're ill. You know, they, they have normal body sensations. You know, maybe their stomach is uh, making noises or, uh, you know, a minor rash or something like that, and then they amplify it to the point where they're convinced that they've got something. So symptoms of that would be that they're constantly preoccupied with having a, a serious disease or a health condition. Right. Um, some people, uh, you, you know, I knew a kid once that was just preoccupied with, you know, he was terrified that he had rabies. It's like, dude, you don't have rabies. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Did he run uh, a 5K? That, uh, my, Minor body sensations, uh, call, you know, uh, make you think that you have a serious illness, being easily alarmed by your health status. Uh, e when you go to the doctor and they tell you you're normal, uh, even after doing a bunch of tests and you don't believe them, uh, you know, having these compulsive thoughts, those kinds of things would lead us to the diagnosis of illness anxiety disorder. Right. So, um, you know, so, you know, it's if if you're not paranoid if people actually are against you, yeah, you know, right. and you're not a hypochondriac if you actually have something and they just haven't been able to diagnose right. it yet. So, so I was going to say know, that, so. uh, yeah, like that actually, that actually bleeds right into the next question too perfectly is like, so is Googling your symptoms a good idea rather than running to your doctor first or does that make you crazier? You know what oh, I mean? It, it depends. It depends on 
who you are and what your knowledge base is. So uh, I can, because of my, you know, 30 plus years of medical experience, uh, one of the things that, um, that, you know, I have a talent for, it's not even a talent, it's just a skill for is being able to to determine when I read something on the internet, is it pertinent? Is it, you know, is it bullshit? Or is it, you know, is it valuable information that I didn't know before? And if you don't have that, then you can get into um, a real nightmare of going down this rabbit hole. And, and, you know, and then everything, you have have cancer. Doesn't matter what you're looking for. If you go far enough, you have cancer. You Google, I've had a headache for two hours, and then, oh, I have a week to live. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. That's right. So if you can take it with a grain of salt and look at it for informational purposes, I think that's totally fine. The the one website that I think is really good for uh, medical information that people can use is Mayo Clinic. So if you're looking at like migraine headache, just Google migraine headache space Mayo, and then you'll get the Mayo Clinic article come up, and they're very well balanced, very well researched, and very understandable. Okay. And then... You know, sometimes, like, people will um, call me because they've got low normal testosterone, for example. Sure. And they've got all the symptoms of, of hypogonadism or low testosterone, but their doctor won't treat them because it's in the normal range. Uh, for those folks, they they text me or uh, email me, and I send them articles that they can print out and take to their primary care provider that say, um, uh, you know, there is value in treating people with quote unquote low normal testosterone as long as they're symptomatic. And if you approach your primary care provider in the right way, and basically what you got to do is make them think it was their idea. You say, you know, I found this. What do you think? What do you think about this? You know, it is this like instead of going, well, this doctor on the radio yeah. said this to me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because the first thing they're going to do when they hear that is, well, you know, f this guy. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I don't, <laughs> He's talking to these I'm assholes in New Jersey. What does he know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so but the, anyway, the, so uh, that's the way to approach that. So if you think you have something, feel free to print it out, bring it in, but use it as uh, as a tool to start a conversation rather than trying to hit the doctor over the head with it. That makes sense. All right. So yeah. the next question is going to come from um, our video engineer, Josh. Uh, Josh, why don't you ask this question? Uh, it's right below the Googling symptoms. <laughs> go, go ahead. Hi, Dr. Steve. Uh, so my question <laughs> is, uh, what dietary changes do you suggest for someone with stage 2 hypertension? Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So do you have stage 2 hypertension? I do. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm sorry. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. So you sound relatively young. So, uh, and gay. Um, you know, Stage 2 hypertension is a systolic pressure of 140 or higher with a diastolic pressure of 90 or higher. So tell me, tell, me, tell me how it happened. Uh, okay, so first off, uh, high blood pressure runs in my family. Um, so, you know, my mom has it. My, uh, my grandfather had it. You know, this is all on my mother's side of the family. My father's side of the family doesn't really uh, um, suffer from it. So one day, I just kind of happened to be at the, uh, at the pharmacy picking something up for my wife, and I stuck my arm in one of those... Uh, you know, uh, blood pressure machines, yeah. and it and the it sure. was like it was like one sixty five. Danger, over, Will Robinson. Danger. danger. <laughs> it was like one sixty five <laughs> over one twenty something like that. So I freaked out. I mean, a bigger heart immediately. Um, sure. You know, so I went to I went to my general practitioner. You know, he took my blood pressure. It wasn't quite as high as uh, what right. the uh, Those things are notoriously inaccurate. But yeah, it's a good screening tool. But it was so it was the day after I I stuck my arm in the machine. 
And uh, the pressure reading at the doctor's office was uh, 150 over, I want to say, like, uh, 110. Um, and, uh, you know, he just, he put me on a, uh, he put me on a high blood pressure medication, uh, lisinopril and lisinopril. Okay. Good. Um, and, okay. and uh, I've Very just been good. taking it since. So the, the first thing is, why do we care about how high our blood pressure is? Well, it's because it is one of the contributing risk factors to cardiovascular disease, which is a major cause of, you know, disease and death in this country. So let's do one thing real quick. Let's do a Framingham calculation on you. You can uh, Google Framingham uh, risk calculator, and you can put in these numbers. I'm, I'm, you sound like you're, you're pretty in tune with your health, so you may know these numbers. So yeah, first right. thing, this one, <laughs> obviously, no, uh, how, how old are you? Uh, 29. 29? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a whoops. Okay. That sounded like uh-oh. So you are a male, I'm assuming, and... Um, Did you just oh, assume your gender? Uh, I don't know if that's Dr. safe Steve to assume. Steve just assumed your gender, dude. <laughs> well, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a presumption just for the sake of speed. But you you assumed wrong. wrong. <laughs> All right, so he's doing this right now. Um, male, okay. 29, non-smoker. smoker no. Non-smoker? Smoking pole. Okay, what's your total cholesterol? That I don't know. Um, I, I He sent me for blood work, and I just haven't had a chance to, to go yet, so uh, so I don't know. Okay, so I'm just going to put in 200 for that, and I'll put in 50 for your uh, good cholesterol, and then we can uh, we can revisit this once you get those numbers. Sure. Now, okay. um, so let's... Uh, uh, oh, this date only works for ages 30 to 79, so we're going to do this. That's right. They never uh, validated the Framingham uh, calculator for uh, someone as people that are too young to have it. Young as you are. (laughs) Here's the thing: your ten-year risk of a myocardial infarction or death, right? Jesus, is zero point three percent. Okay. Ninety-nine point seven percent of the time, you will not die in the next ten years. All right. Try not to die. what's What's beautiful about this is that you now are much less likely to die from it because you know about it. Is, is there anything we can do to speed up the death process oh, for him? Well, <laughs> well, yeah, he could smoke and not take the medication. Let's um, do it. But, uh, see, if you, were, if you were a smoker, it would be 3.3%. So look at I mean, that, that jumps up uh, tenfold. That actually, that's, that's a drastic jump from where it normally is. Yeah, it's a huge jump, and even though the number is still low. <laughs> so, but you asked about dietary stuff. Um, uh, there are uh, some lifestyle modifications that you can make. Walking and exercising regularly and uh, particularly aerobic type of exercise or walking is good. Reducing your sodium intake is probably beneficial. Uh, drinking less alcohol. Alcohol uh, no. increases our yeah. uh, blood pressure significantly. Uh, cutting back on caffeine. I don't know. You know, if you're uh, overdoing it on caffeine, yeah, he he said he's, he thinks that one's tough. I mean, uh, we're you know we're big coffee drinkers, I, but I, I just had two yeah. coffees this morning. Yeah, I mean, I do one cup of coffee a day, and that that's about it because caffeine will. Yeah. Set, I'm an insomniac as is. It's the last thing I need. I average five cups a day, dude. It's yeah. bad. <laughs> so I do one, I do one glass of unsweet tea y- a day. And yep, and that that's bad. perfect. So basically, follow the the medication and cut down on the the caffeine. Um, probably sugary drinks uh, as well. I would guess like sodas yep. aren't necessarily good for Added it. Sugar and refined carbs. New study showed that it didn't, uh, contributed to increased blood pressure. And uh, magnesium supplementation is the other one. Okay. So, okay. All right. 
cool. That's a good one. All right, so I got some. Uh, a good one is chocolate, dark chocolate. There, there. And a little I, bit of dark chocolate. Yeah, I actually I try to keep a little dark chocolate, and I have a, a piece of it like every night because I know it's actually decent for you, and it, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. next question: What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen stuck in someone's orifice? Um, okay. Barbie head. <laughs> wait, wait, because wait, because uh, fourteen wasn't enough. <laughs> that's right. Fifteen, uh, just just the Barbie heads. He took them off the Barbie. Took so he the head, took the heads off, shoved them up his ass, couldn't get them back out. And the ex, well, I didn't see the Barbie heads in in the uh, rectum. What I saw was um, an X-ray of same. Um, wow, uh, just sounds like an overachiever to me. And, and, was this was this an adult or a child? This was an adult. Oh, good for him. Of course he, it was. He, he dreams a bit. Actually, I have, I, so there, I have a friend. His his uncle is a pretty bad alcoholic, and one night when he was drinking, he saw a news story. It said, uh, garlic is good for your prostate. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, Josh knows his story. So he, the, the drunken man proceeded to take a full clove of garlic. And then he shoved it in it, shoved it in his ass. But this is where it gets even funnier. So he <laughs> he couldn't get the garlic out, and he was uncomfortable. So he thought the best thing oh, to do wasn't a clove; it was actually the, head. it was the full thing of garlic. Excuse me, yeah, the full oh head of garlic. God. Yeah, so it, yeah, he thought, like yeah, sure, we've all been there. And so he he thought the best thing to do to get the garlic out was he took a pressure hose. <laughs> What? And he he put it into his ass and he pushed it further up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so his the, my friend's uh, father was saying, like, yeah, my brother stuck the garlic in his ass. Um, that that's got to be an interesting one. Like, I don't know if a pressure hose is the first thing I'd go to to pull something I've stuck in my ass out. Well, did it work? No, he had to go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> it did not. Well, are, you're applying pressure the wrong way. Yeah, 15 Barbie heads is interesting. Um, all right, the next question is, um, what was your most uncomfortable medical school rotation? For example, OBGYN, urology, pathology, or yeah. removing foreign objects from body cavities? Now, that stuff was fun. The most uncomfortable probably was OBGYN because we had, uh, uh, you know, at some point you had to do your first pelvic exam. And so we had these uh, volunteers, and they called them human pelvises or human pelvi. Oh, but it was pelvi. Where do I sign up for that job? It's a very disrespectful term, but uh, this was in the 80s. What do you do for a living? I'm a human I, pelvis. I know. I know. But they, you would do pelvic exams on these folks. Well, uh, so oh my God. Uh, there was a guy in my medical school who, um, and people didn't like him very much. I mean, he wasn't one of the, you know, the <clears throat> leaders of our school or anything. And uh, uh, so it was fun to tell this story because, you know, people didn't like him. And uh, he went in and did his first pelvic exam with his preceptor when this was on a real patient. And, uh, you know, he, he put two fingers in the vagina and then, uh, you know, you put your other hand mm. over and try to, you know, you press up on the two fingers in the vagina. You can feel the outline of the uterus. You can feel the fallopian tubes and the ovaries. And then you stick mm. your third finger in the, in the uh, rectum. And then you can feel between the rectum and the vagina, make sure that you're, you know, there aren't any uh, masses there and things like wow. that. And uh, he got done with this, uh, did a pretty thorough job, did okay went out uh and it, when after you do that you let the patient put their clothes on you go out of the room with the preceptor and the preceptor said you know that wasn't a bad job for a first time but next time use a glove so he oh. <laughs> oh, wow. and then sud then suddenly it had 15 barbie heads inside of it <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. so that's uh that's so that interesting was... all right taylor you got this next one 
Okay, so what should a uh, what should a pension Jesus? No. What should a person do if they're hearing voices complaining to them and asking them to commit evil deeds? Is there a context to this question? Yeah, t- Taylor. Um, no, no. It, it, someone just asked. Like, what? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the answer is obvious. Go see a psychiatrist immediately. Or just wait and, 15 minutes until that and, voice and, goes and away. If, and, it, and if you're a family room, lock up the gu- family. Lock up the guns. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Yeah, an emergency room when people are. Uh, I mean, that's got to be a, a, a form of schizophrenia. Well, I, I would assume. Ask, is that like a 5150 type deal? What? What's your what you're describing is a psychotic break. Now, whether it's caused by schizophrenia or not is a whole other question. But psychosis can be caused by drugs. You know, PCP can cause a form of psychosis. Uh, lysergic acid, diethylamide can also cause, you know, a form of psychosis. Okay. Um, I, I knew somebody that thought that they were, psych- you know, they thought their kid was psychotic till they found out that he was, you know, doing acid all the time. Oh, well, that would do it. That'll do it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so those, and, and if you have voices telling you to do something to commit harm to yourself or others, that is a trip to the emergency room. Yeah. If you know someone that's telling you they're doing that, if they won't go to the emergency room, it's okay to call the sheriff. But okay, they will thank you later. That's true. You know, because you're going to prevent um, harm to the patient or somebody else. Now. Uh, Patient-doctor confidentiality is pretty absolute, except when the patient makes a revelation that uh, expresses an intent to cause harm to themselves or to somebody else, and then that that healthcare provider can call the authorities or whoever they need to get this person. I knew that part because of The Sopranos. (laughs) Um, All right, next question. Uh, This is from someone that uh, I guess they've had some concussion issues throughout the years, and it says, uh, sometimes in the morning I wake up with blurry vision, and it's not from low blood sugar. Could this be related to concussion, um, post-concussion syndrome? I don't don't think so. I'll tell you, I do. I I wake up with blurry vision in the morning, and uh, I'm right-eyed. And so if I'm going to look at my phone, I have to close my left eye yeah. and look through my right eye. Now, right now, I'm looking through both of my eyes. Sure. Uh, but in the, in the morning, um, you're, what happens is the tears in your eyes will dry because you're not blinking, and, um, and it will thicken. And when you uh, get up in the okay. morning, it causes a blurry, hazy vision. And then if you blink or let me tell you some eye drops that absolutely changed my life when it came to eye strain. And, uh, and this kind of thing, are the, the brand name is Sistane Ultra. Okay. S-Y-S-T-A-N-E. You can buy them over the counter. Absolutely the best eye drops of any I've ever tried. I used to have problems if I looked at a computer screen too long. I thought I was straining the um, muscles of my eye and they were going out of shape or something. Oh, okay. And, you know, I didn't get a whole lot of ophthalmology in medical school. So I went to my ophthalmologist. He said, that's not it. it you're just not blinking enough mm. when you're looking at a t- at a computer screen and uh your eyes are drying out and try these eye drops i thought he was out of his gourd but i said i'll do it just to prove you wrong and he was absolutely right of course he is he's been an ophthalmologist for you know longer than i've been a doctor and uh and uh it really made a huge difference so getting these little cysteine ultra drops and they come in in uh you know a bottle or you can get these ones that you can uh have little vials that you can throw in your pocket and okay. have problems like that put it at your bedside but that's what that is that's perfect all right well that was going to be it for the questions dr steve i really appreciate you spending spending some time with us um and we'd love we'd love to have you on again in the future when we get a a few more questions um this was really awesome yeah absolutely 
And yeah, uh, I have really enjoyed it. And anything that you'd like to plug where people can find you? Well, um, we're on SiriusXM, 8 p.m. Eastern, on uh, Faction Talk, SiriusXM 103. We're also on at uh, Sunday uh, afternoons at 5 p.m. and other times at Jim McClure's Pleasure. And then uh, we also have a podcast just called Weird Medicine, the podcast that's on iTunes and Stitcher and all those places. Uh, or you can go to drsteve.com, and uh, I've got articles and podcasts there as well. That's awesome. Well, Dr. Steve, I really appreciate you spend, spending some time with us, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, man. Have a great Take day, care, all right? Guys. Bye. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, that he, was good. He's uh, he's Dang a it. really cool dude. Um, very funny. Um, Josh, I know I put you on the spot with the hypertension question. Yes, thank you for disclosing my medical issues. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have no doctor-patient confidentiality. I've, oh, my God. It's so fine. That substituted our um, question today, so let's do some hot takes and wrap up because I have a very fun day ahead of me. All right. Um, uh, I guess I'm going to go first. Yeah. Uh, mine is not so much a hot take. It's more of um, uh, recognition. Um, George St. Pierre announced his retirement from MMA today. Mm-hmm. Second time he's announcing his retirement, but this seems like it's the real deal this time. Um, I was a huge GSP fan for a long time, and then he kind of annoyed me with some of his performances and behaviors. But um, there's no denying that he is one of the three best mixed martial artists, if not the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. When you look at his resume from beating Matt Hughes twice, BJ Penn twice, Nick Diaz, Carlos Condit, Jake Shields, Josh Koscheck twice, um, Matt Sarah, Johnny Hendricks, uh, it's uh, uh. Jay Heron, his, his resume is unbelievable from Dan Hardy he beat moving up retiring coming back up fighting Michael Bisping for the middleweight title at a different weight class um, it, his his resume is unbelievable uh, he's one of the most talented fighters I've ever seen um, he, he was great at everything he's a guy that never wrestled in high school or college and became arguably the greatest wrestler in the history of mixed martial arts uh, taking down collegiate champions not getting taken down by collegiate champions a world class kickboxer a great representative of the sport um, so gee GSP, congrats to your retirement. Uh, thanks for some of the amazing performances, and fuck you for some of the really boring ones. <laughs> so that um, props to GSP. So I'm going to go along the same route, not necessarily hot take, but more or less some recognition. So I believe it was a couple days ago, but uh, we actually lost a big head in the comedy world of Brody and yes, Brody Stevens passed away. Unfortunately, committed suicide. And Brody it really Stevens. stinks. And a power, he, dude, he's like one of the most was one of the most well respected comedians on the scene. From people that I don't like, people that I. I listened to on comedy, yeah. and I've listened to Brody Stevens enough. He was well, uh, unbelievable. Well, I was going to say, I mean, one of the newer uh, comedians that I've really gotten into has been Tony Hinchcliffe, and he yeah. actually shared a really touching story, if you don't... Sure, so touch away. He goes, uh, <laughs> he goes um, um, when, uh, when he had a deep mental breakdown in 2011 on Twitter, talking about Brody Stevens, uh, he was sent to UCLA for psych evaluation. So many of his peers talked shit about him and thought he was done. My pal Matt and I went to visit him. It was hilarious. The first thing uh, we saw was uh, the ominous window on the door, and we uh, saw a foot come came up. High kick. Then Brody's face smiling at us as they let us in. He couldn't stop laughing about how silly it was that he was there. It was a joke to him. He made us laugh for an hour straight at the psych ward. Believe me, he felt a duty to make sure we weren't uncomfortable. Uh, it could have been a comedy special. He was wearing a gown, and as funny as funny as he's ever been, talking about the food, the other patients and the, on the floor with him, the nurses walked in with a big smile on their face because they knew he was a special patient. It was wild, you know. Just the the overall mentorship he he's yeah. he's had. He was one of those guys that was uh, the young comedians looked up to. That he he took care of them under his wing. Yeah. Um. The, you, you would couldn't find anyone that said a bad thing to say about Brody Stevens. I, I and mean, and it, it really another does comedian stink. that goes out due to um, mental health, unfortunately. And, and it really stinks so I just want to say rest uh, rest in peace Brody Amen. Stevens you will Amen be absolutely that. be missed and uh, Joshua oh, 
Uh, following that uh, touching tribute from Taylor, uh, I'm gonna. I'm I not gonna yell. Go, please yell. But you my yell. hot take this week is directed at the Academy of Motion Picture uh, Arts okay. and yes. Sciences. Sure. Now, I feel like with Best Picture, a lot of the times there's never anything that comes out of left field that makes you say, "Huh?" Yeah. But I have to say, to the Academy. If Black Panther wins Best Picture, <laughs> okay. fuck you. It's, fuck you. Uh, First of all, it's not even the best Marvel movie not that even came out five year, yeah. last year. No, not. Second of all, I hear people saying, oh, well, the cultural impact. You want to talk about cultural impact from a country that's not fucking real. Blade impacted culture more. He yeah. was you the first talk black about, superhero. Oh, well, you know, it, it, it really City introduced culture African more. culture into popular... What, what African, what African culture? You're talking about a, a country of warriors that walks around with shields that have built-in fucking force fields <laughs> from Star Wars in them. There's no fucking culture there. They're Gungans. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. Um, I mean, listen, I still watch the Oscars because I love film, um, and I like seeing certain actors and films getting knowledge, but I'm with you 100%. Black Panther not only should not be nominated, if it wins, it is one of the biggest travesties of all time. 100%. Um, yep. The only reason they were talking about creating that most popular, the most popular film award for the high-grossing one was so they could give Black Panther an award without being called uh, racist or whatever. But then when they people cried about that award being created, it was, oh, we have to be woke. Here we go. Here's yeah. Black Panther. Infinity War was better. Significantly um, better. Significantly better. I like Black Panther. It was good. It's not even a top Me five too. Marvel it's a, movie. It's an entertaining it, movie. It's it was a good a movie as far as storytelling. Yeah, but it's not yeah. a best picture no, nominee. No. Uh, no. Exactly. And you're 100%. And the lead actor wasn't even the best part of the no, whole Michael fucking B. movie. Jordan Michael B. Jordan was. Absolutely. You know what so, I mean? And with that, we wrap up episode 41 of You Watch, I Listen. Uh, special shout out again to Lobo Sound for a brand new intro. Um, shout out to hashtag Shots for Likes podcast. Hashtag, or hashtag shout out to the Corner House Chronicles podcast. And again, a big shout out and a big thank you to none other than Dr. Steve, which again, you can catch him on serious on faction so uh anything else boys that'd be it pal all right guys have a great week we will see you uh, there we will see you at another time later